you an early or a late riser in the morning, uh, Avery? Um, I'll be an uh, early riser based on military history. And... All right. So uh, you wake up uh, early in the morning, probably before everybody else. What, what date is this? Yeah, September 7th, 1933. Two days before we de- departure. Two days before departure? Yeah. Okay. Last chance to get those cigars. <laughs> you wake up in the morning, David, um, and uh, you see a small note in, a, in, a, in an envelope uh, that's been slipped under your door. Okay. Did you get the, the handout? Yes. I'm looking at it right now. Okay, well, I think that probably after having received this, the most important thing for me to do is just go talk to uh, the leaders of the expedition, Starkweather and uh, Moore, and uh, bring it to their attention. Because I think the most important thing about this letter is it's, it outlines the foul play. Like, you know, there could be danger involved. It, it links that the death is not an accident. Mm. All right, so... Um... You go up to their rooms, or you wait for breakfast, or... Um, I'm going to go up to their rooms, because this is pretty important. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, did, I, I didn't see it slip under my door, did I? I just woke no. up and it was there? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, who knows how how long it's been there. Yeah. So, okay. you, you uh, come up there, uh, uh, knock on the door. Uh, which Who do you go to? Do they have different rooms? Um, I'll go to the, it seems like the more rational individual, more <laughs> the professor. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's probably, it's probably like five thirty or, or six in the morning. Um, when you knock on the door, uh, and you hear some, some scuffling, uh, in the room and then the door opens up, uh, you see the professor kind of coming up, putting his glasses on. Okay. Uh, professor, yes. sorry to disturb you, but uh, something's come to my attention. Uh, I've received a note slipped underneath my door this morning, which is more of a threat than anything that I think is pretty urgent for you to look at, because it probably involves um, some decision-making on the part of the leaders of the expedition. At the very least, we need to consider the security of all those involved. Oh, okay. Uh, so I'll, I'll hand him the note. Uh, he takes a uh, looks at it. Uh more of this nonsense. Uh, well, uh, I'm not sure what to make of this. I don't think this is anything. It's probably well, the concerning part is this individual is claiming responsibility for a murder of the, ca- the, the captain, the recent uh, loss, and uh, he's, he's promising more threats. So I think we need to at least consider security around the, the ship and... Uh, uh, trying to protect those involved with the expedition. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll notify the Lieutenant Hansen as well and and get the police involved just to be sure, but uh, this could just be the same crackpot who sent the last note as well. And I mean, he could have picked up the the death of Douglas in the newspaper and just written this. Ah, That's a shame. Yeah, well, someone is definitely out there seeking nefarious acts. Do we need to potentially consider some kind of nighttime security around the ship, um, so that uh, yeah, yeah. But we find... we already have uh, we already have some some guards, uh, uh, security uh, company taking care of some of that stuff. But I'll notify them to to amp it up a little bit and, and uh, make sure that uh, they have their eyes open. Uh, this is definitely a little a little weird. I don't need this right now, to to be honest, but. Uh, thank you for taking me this, uh, bringing this to my attention. 
is this the first you've heard of this? And is this, uh, to your knowledge, uh, is do you know anything about what the threats in this letter are alluding to? No, no, I, I haven't heard anything about anything like this before. This is the the first obvious threat that we've gotten like this. There's been various other crackpot notes though, and then whatnot, but uh, this is definitely a little disconcerting. Okay. All right, well, I should get ready for, for breakfast. Okay. I guess I'll just I'll leave it up to him and hope, and wait for him to bring it up to uh, uh, come up with a course of action, I guess. Yeah. He says, well, there, yeah, this is disconcerting. Um, I'll, I'll talk to Starkweather about this and, and see if what his opinions are, but I don't know that we can do a lot more than just make sure that we have our, our T's crossed and our I's dotted. Okay, well, maybe we should at least advise the people associated with the expedition, specifically key members, to maybe not travel alone or go places alone. Maybe we should uh, you know, make sure we're pairing up and always in the presence of another trusted individual. That's a good idea. Yeah, I think you're right. All right, well, I'll see you at breakfast. Okay. Yeah, uh, I have a question. Who's the new captain? Uh, so I don't think that's been announced yet. Okay, so who was it, um, David, that you spoke to now? It wasn't Starkweather you spoke to. It was Moore, Professor Moore, who's oh. the other head of the expedition. You all come down to breakfast, and uh, unless you have anything else you want to do, uh, no, good. Um, and at breakfast, everybody, uh, everybody in the hotel is there, and uh, Starkweather Moore is there, and uh, Starkweather at some point gets up and like uh, uh, flings his cup. Uh, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, uh, by the way, unless this is this breakfast is after nine, I'm still in my robe. Just. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, noted. <laughs> There's this weird French guy in his uh, <laughs> robe, pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Starkweather gets up and he says, uh, "Okay, so uh, following the tragic demise of Commander Douglas." Uh, we have nevertheless been able to secure a new captain for our ship. Uh, so I'm happy to announce that Michael Radenberg will be uh, our sailing master and uh, will be joining us on the expedition. Uh, I think some of you may already know him, and he's a very capable, very uh, uh, very good man. Okay. Uh, okay. Do we know him? Um, no, you probably don't. I'm a little worried that if they had to find a, a captain so quickly, <laughs> they, they went for like the the least <laughs> skilled guy. Anybody, anybody who knows yeah, anything yeah. about sailing. <laughs> yeah, we need a captain leaving in two days for an Arctic expedition. Yeah, <laughs> what can possibly go wrong? Mm. Beyond that, uh, today is, is another day of uh, manifests and preparations. Uh, we've already done that, so we kind of skipped through that a little bit. Is there anything critical that we that we identified as missing that hasn't arrived yet that we really need to make sure we have before departure time? No, most all the things that you you uh, you know found through your search through the manifests, all that stuff has been reordered and is is uh, on the way, and, and everything should be good. Okay. Um. So, so yeah, there shouldn't be anything there. Um. Oh, there's one thing I forgot in the 
in the synopsis, uh, there was a package delivered to the hotel which went missing. And uh, speaking of said package... Um, uh, no, so there was a package delivered to the hotel. What package that went missing? That's right, I remember something like that. Yeah, yeah last time the there was a, um, uh, a USPS uh, guy who delivered a package, uh, but the package was missing and uh, Moore's room uh, had been searched. Ah, that's right. Yeah, the guy at the front desk had no package for us, or he... Uh, yeah, exactly. So, uh, and he told you that it had been, it's the normal, regular USPS guy. So, um, you know, either he's in on it or somebody has, has been in the room or something, but um, it's, it's, it's missing anyway. It's probably nothing. <laughs> hmm. But we don't, we don't know what was in it, right? No, you don't know anything, anything about it. Or who it. sent it. There wasn't a record of where, nope. where it came from. Hmm. Do we know who it was addressed to? Who it was meant for? Um, it might have been meant for more. Uh, that's what it seemed like anyway. David, that note that you got, um, yeah. have you seen it? Did you share it? or is it uh, I gave it to, to Moore, but I definitely t would talk to you about it the first opportunity, especially if they, didn't, if they don't mention anything about it at the, right. the, the, when they have everyone together, because it's something that needs to be addressed. Yeah, because yeah, just a, a reminder, last session on the 5th, I received a note. I f actually forgot the exact circumstances. Um, Do you see, but, can you see the handout? Yeah. Or was it oh, only well, sent to me? No, it was only sent to you. Oh, okay. I got one last time that was called Dear Man of Science note, which was also pretty scary. Yeah, okay. Um, so you probably remember that. I can I can read it if you want. Yeah, please. Okay, it says, uh, you must listen to this warning. There will be no others. After this, only action remains. I do not expect any of you to understand my reasons, but all that is necessary is that you act. Consider this a threat, if you like, a most earnest threat. So it sounds like from an individual that's not a thug, but... Um, okay, the expedition must not sail south. Captain Douglas was only the first to die. If you persist in your your brave, blind hopes, you will all perish. Only those to turn back, who turn back, are safe. I hope that you will be among them. Let the dead lie peacefully with their secrets. They are the only ones who are beyond pain. Nothing awaits upon the ice but suffering and a bitter ending that I will do anything to help you avoid. Yes, help. Even death is a blessing compared to what lies in wait. I suppose you will blame me for everything. I don't mind, even though it's not true. There are forces at work here that you do not understand, and I have to be content with that. The deadliest sin sometimes is in the understanding, and the most damned are those who explain. Please, I urge you, turn away. Tell the others for your own sake, for all of us. Turn back while you can. There is nothing more that I dare say. Most sincerely, a better friend than you will ever know. So the scary thing about it is, is it's not just like a terrorist type threat. It's someone who like yeah. is is a believes, which is more scary. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. I wish I hadn't heard that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for telling me, man. It's like a, a fanatical type of a. Um, um, Michael, I, I have the note from the fifth from September fifth, 
which is uh, sort of similar. I don't know if it was shared with you guys as well. Yes. Strictly speaking, you don't have it, but I'll allow it. Right, because we gave it to yeah. Starkweather. Right. Well, I made a copy before. <laughs> right here. <laughs> I put it on myself. Picture with your phone. Yeah. Right. Okay. So it basically has a similar message. It's not as strong worded though, but soon you'll go down far away to the cold and the white ice and the old things that wait and move and plan. Do not blah, 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 blah. Let whatever sleeps there, let it stay there. Do not pass the prison walls of black and white cold ice, etc., etc. Um I have listened to his dreams. I have seen it's something other within his mind. So it's sort of similar, but not as strong. Um, yeah. So I wonder, it sounds to me like maybe it's not the same person. So maybe we're dealing with a group of individuals we need to be wary of. Because because this one seems to be more like um, fantastical imagery, kind of like nightmarish, you know, delusion, whereas the other one was more pragmatic. Yeah. Yeah, your yeah. guy sounds uh, almost non-crazy as opposed to the other yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so th this one is signed a friend. What was the other one signed? Well, th this one it does, it's just signed. Let's see. Um, a concerned citizen. <laughs> Think of the children. Oh, it's type. A type better friend citizen. than you'll ever know. Yeah, right. Yeah, a better friend and typed. Yeah, a better friend than you ever know. So both of oh. them though are from the perspective of someone that's like believes they're doing us a favor by killing us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the first one was handwritten, this one is typed, the first one was signed a friend, this one is signed a better friend that you'll ever know, hmm. which, is, which is a little bit pretentious, but okay. Yeah. So it could be the same person, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, Seems I, I think we should, I think we should assume, yeah, maybe there's a larger threat out there that we know more than just one crazy person. Uh, so I have a question. Is there a type typewriter aboard the ship? Uh, yes. Does it have the letter B that sort of prints a B that's a little bit more thicker than the other letters? Can we investigate that? Just see if it was typed on. <laughs> yeah, you, you can definitely investigate that. Uh, okay. Let's say you do, and it doesn't. Mm. Uh, yeah. Good idea, Jens. Well, that's all. Yeah, that was good. That would have been. Yeah. I'll give you some XP for that. <laughs> Two XP. <laughs> Two experience. Mm -hmm. sure. And a croissant. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So I think I'm going to start carrying. Is it, is it illegal to carry my hunting knife concealed, or is it just firearms? Uh, I believe knives are also illegal. Uh, oh. I doubt it's a felony, though. Okay, I think I'm going to start carrying it then, just for That's protection. Um, I think we should stick together, um, the three of us at least, and, um, um, you know, we can't let these crazy people scare us of our great adventure, uh, yeah. but um, um, no need to not to be uh, a little extra cautious. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so just to summarize, the, the, there are more and more weird events that have happened. So just to get an overview of those, there are these two notes that may or may not have been written by the same person. There's the murder of uh, J.P. Douglas, the captain. That's concerning. 
Yeah. Um, I, I think the craziness is just normal because we're in the spotlight. You know, it's in the press. Every crazy in the world can read about us. So I think we probably get less than most normal. <laughs> big well, I mean, what's con what's most concerning though is that it's one thing to make threats, but there's been a death under under yeah. unknown that's, that's circumstances, and really this person's claiming responsibility for it. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's true. Yeah. There's also the the possibility because there's this other this Miss Lexington character, this woman. Who, I mean, there's a sort of competition. There's a race to the South Pole, right? Uh, I wonder if they've been getting messages not to go. Uh, that's a good question. Maybe we should try and arrange a little. Uh, it might be interesting if we can somehow get to talk to some of the crew members of the other expedition, like a little bit. On the sly, it doesn't have to be like official meetings. We can just have a drink somewhere, just happen to be in the same bar or whatever, and find out if, if they're experiencing similar threats. Okay. Like go get them drunk maybe and have them tell us uh, what's going on, try to get some yeah. intern inside information. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's a good idea. This is where we they need Lord Wimsey. To get drunk, <laughs> they can't be too hard to find because there's got to be their ship has got to be around that they're getting ready too, and there's got to be bars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Uh, and it, you know, if we read the newspapers, I'm sure we can even get a list of who's uh, involved. And but are they taking off from New York as well? Mm-hmm. They are. Yep. Right. Okay. Well, that's that would be interesting to know. But I mean, um, otherwise, I mean, we live in two days. So all we have to do is make sure we don't get killed before that, uh, and then uh, make sure we don't get some crazy on board the ship. I think we should definitely <laughs> make sure we do a nice, good sweep uh, of the ship before we, uh, uh, at the first moment, we we set sail, or you know, take a couple of the docks and go through all the look for stowaways, crannies, yeah. So we can throw the stowaways overboard. Ta yeah. <laughs> Just another piece of information from the first session. Um, this was Bjorn. Bjorn, who I forgot his character's name. He's Thomas McLugel. Yeah, Thomas. He went off to talk to somebody at the university. So this about a former crew member, Mr. McTay. McTay, yeah. McTay. And... Yeah, I forgot. Some somebody had gone on the previous expedition. They basically gone mad. They'd gone to an, to an asylum and then they escaped. Yeah, we and weren't they, able to locate anyone from the previous expedition. I don't think, except, right. Although, well, did didn't the guy who designed the drills and stuff didn't he go? Yeah, there were a couple of people. Um, uh, so you found McTy. I think you found somebody else as well. Yeah, there was also Danforth. No, Danforth was the guy who went crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> and then we talked to Gedney. Gedney. Gedney's the guy who designed the drills. He's the engineer. Um, so anyway, the summary of that whole thing is just that there was a pre on the previous experience uh, expedition, somebody came back, went mad, and they were referring to the South Pole as the mountains of madness. All bad vibes. <laughs> bad juju. And the letter kind of alludes to that, right? The one, that, the one that you read, it kind of has that, talks about like the mountains of ice or walls yes. of ice. Or, yeah. So it yes. could be former, some of those uh -huh. 
members. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Uh, and because the one guy he went crazy and you couldn't find him, we couldn't find him, right? So yeah, hmm. yeah, that makes sense. And because and because this one, because the one I have talks about. Um, makes references to, you know, letting those who are there lie. And uh, it, it talks about the previous, I think kind of alludes to the previous expedition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so um, you're, you're likely dealing with a crazy person from the previous expedition. Ah, uh, that's it. Okay, I feel better about the whole thing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a crazy person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, previous island. They're harmless. He's yeah, stalking yeah. us and killing our cats and it's fine. Yeah. Okay, but that's a pretty that's a pretty good theory. Yeah, we already figured out the plot to this movie. Moving on. Great. <laughs> <laughs> what could possibly go wrong right yeah, <laughs> at this very good. moment? Um, okay, so while you're while you're still there, uh, you're you're sitting around after breakfast a little bit. People start to kind of filter out, and uh, oh, I should probably get dressed. <laughs> <laughs> And Belcour uh, grabs another baguette and uh, heads up to get dressed. More comes over uh, to you, Avery, and says, "You know, with with all this going on with the the this letter and uh, this mi- missing package, I, I'd like to know a little bit more, just to be on the safe side. Uh, I don't I don't know if you would mind uh, helping me run an errand today. I, I'm unfortunately a little busy on the ship, but." Uh, I'd like for somebody to go and uh, just see if they can find out more about this package. Uh, of course. So you, so you have more information about where it might have come from and what might yeah. have been in it? Yeah, if, if you could find out. Just whatever whatever you can figure out. Maybe the maybe the post office knows something. Uh, I just, I'm wondering whether there was a package or if there was where it was from and, and stuff like that. Uh, okay. Things are starting to be a little a little odd and I'd feel better if we if we knew more. Okay. Um, do you have any information that you want me to to apply to this, or do you want me? To, we just you don't know anything further than I do, and you want me to just dig into it? I know. I know only what you know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Then what I think I'll do is I'll just I'll find the nearest postal center that would probably that would service this area, where packages would be sorted and the postman would uh, would depart from, and see if I can trace it at the source. Thank you, William, for your, sure. for your help. My pleasure. Anything I can do to help. All right. So you guys figure out how how you can figure yourselves in with regards to um, who goes where and when. I assume that not everybody always goes everywhere because it's such a weird well, role-playing thing. Well, we're hoping to stick together, the three of us at least, uh, if possible. So... Well, if Avery is going out on that errand, then maybe myself and Belcourt, we can go capture some of the members of the other expedition. Yeah, we'll try and find the bars around uh, their expedition headquarter and, and, and see if we can pick up on some chatter. Okay, to be fair, it is, uh, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning. Well, <laughs> not that that necessarily stops sailors from drinking, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, uh, it's a Thursday, by the way. Thursday, okay. Well, before I'm out and changed and everything, I'm sure it's a, at least 10. <laughs> I am French, you know, we don't like to get up too early. Yeah. So, um, 
But uh, I mean, if uh, anyone's interested, I mean, I, I mean, I might want to do some last-minute clothing shopping just to make sure I have uh, some extra, extra warm scarves and socks <laughs> for my trip. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm going to put uh, the Lexington Expeditions uh, pier on the map. All right. It's on right. Pier 99. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah. Um, just on, on 59th Street. No, but if nothing else, we'll wait till after we've had dinner to go to the bars around Pier 99. Okay. Um, meanwhile, uh, I mean, there's still preparations to be done, so you can either do that or you can, you know, you can follow, yeah, yeah. You can follow I mean, I guess part of what we're doing as well is the whole manifest thing that we dealt with. Exactly, uh, yeah. Instead, so. You're still going through. But I'm not leaving uh, Maunus aside, otherwise. Okay. Um, great. So, uh, Avery, uh, you, you do what? Okay, well, I can start by, I, I'll just look for a, a um, postal employee, a postman, and ask him, where his his um, you know, servicing postal center is for the area? Okay, well, it's it's pretty simple. It's the it's the main post office down on Thirty uh, Third Street. Okay, uh, then I'll head there. All right. Uh, it is right here on the map. I see it. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just a few streets. Well, ten streets down, more or less, um, from the hotel. Uh, you know how it looks in real life? It's like this big, pretty impressive building. It's still there. No. Uh, I'll send a quick photo. Never been to New York. Uh, New York. Is this a vintage map for the time period? Yeah. Where's the picture? Anticipation is killing me. Working on it, working on it. <laughs> <laughs> This is a really weird picture. I've never seen. Ah, oh, nice. Ah. Looks like a, a library or something. Yeah, it's like a huge, uh, huge building. It's big. Yeah. So it services all of all of Long Island. Is that its? Uh, Manhattan. Uh, well, no. I'm sure there's there's like uh, uh, you know local post offices, but this is the one that that services Midtown uh, and, and, then, and probably also the. Uh, it's right on the the, tra the tracks for Penn Station as well, so it it kind of services you know all the all the other smaller post offices, uh, probably New Jersey and stuff like that as well. Okay, so it's the first stop. All the mail arrives by rail, and then they unload it and then disperse it from there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so yeah, I'll go there, and um, I guess I'll I'll need to find like an administrative section to ask about tracking down a lost package. Mm-hmm. So uh, you get down there, you you kind of spend a little time getting getting guided around uh, uh, through the bureaucracy of it all, uh, and finally find uh, kind of the the help desk for for that sort of thing, and uh, explain your explain your case. Uh, and the the uh, woman behind the counter, she's uh, unfortunately uh, to to get any information about the package, you you need to have the recipient here. Well, can I use can I use flattery? <laughs> oh, flattery! <laughs> I hit the one. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I, it's incredibly important. I'm part of an expedition that leaves in two days, and this was a very, this was a very uh, highly anticipated item that uh, we need to we need to track down. It may jeopardize the success of the mission. I really need to find it. <laughs> I'm a very important pilot. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's probably a two point spend, given that you're you're asking them to break the law and uh, circumvent mm. the system using I, using flattery, but. I only have one point in flattery. I have two points in reassurance. Um, a reassurance. That's a good question. I don't know. I'm just going to look it up because it's a good way to get kind of familiar with these skills too. Reassurance. I have one point in flattery, one point in intimidation, but those won't go well together. Actually, reassurance <laughs> is, uh, is good too. Okay. Look, you're not going to get in trouble. This is, you're, hel you're helping a great cause. You're furthering science. And just think, just think, you could you could be responsible for saving this this incredibly important aspect of the mission. Wow, when you put it like that, <laughs> <laughs> for science. Yeah. She looks around a little bit. And, okay, I'll get you what you need, but but only because you're you're asking so very nicely. <laughs> uh, she. Um, uh, she disappears into the to the back. I just wait here a little uh, for a moment, uh, and it takes you know ten fifteen minutes uh, while she's gone. Uh, she comes back with uh, with some papers and says, "Okay, so um, according to our records, um, it was this package. It was sent from San Francisco. It was a special delivery. Uh, it required a signature on it." Um, so we don't have a sender's name on record, but the the signature uh, on file is William Moore. Um, and she shows you the paperwork, and, and uh, you you see the signature, and you can see that it's that's definitely not William's or, or Moore's uh, uh, handwriting. It's like this spiky, uh, mm. angular handwriting. And that signature would have been received at the destination, so at the hotel. Yeah, uh, the the delivery. Um, the mailman, so to say, so to speak, uh, would have handed it over to somebody, and he would have he would have signed for it. Okay. So, what about the origination? You said from San Francisco. Does it have an address or a uh, name of a institution no. or a facility? No, we don't have any sender's name on on record for it, unfortunately. Is there any way to track down where it might have come from? Because that might be the only way to know really what was in it, what we what we need to find as a replacement. Um, well, not really. It's possible that uh, you could you could speak to the the courier who who delivered the package. Maybe he'll know, but it's kind of okay. a long shot. Sure, it's worth a try. Who would that be? Um, for the uh, for the Amherst Hotel, that would be uh, Jack Arianelli. Okay. Uh, where would I find him? Is he around or is he off delivering packages at the moment? Uh, he, let me see, he, uh, he should be back. He, he returns every three hours to, to pick up more packages. Uh, you might have to wait a little bit to, to get to him or to talk okay, to him. Okay, I'll wait. All right. All right, what are, you, uh, what are you two gentlemen doing meanwhile? Anything interesting? Mine sucks. More sucks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> And uh, doing, doing uh, uh, running errands around the ship, I guess. Okay. But like I said, 
Uh, Maunus and I stick together. Yeah. Shouldn't we uh, get ready to uh, go check out the other the other pier, Pier Seventy Four, and see what's what's happening there? And well, maybe if, if we run out of stuff to do around four or five or something like that, maybe we can go. But it would be nice to have David with us there. Yeah, this is still during the day, so um, yeah, it's still all right. still in the kind of morning and stuff. Okay, so we do chores and wait for uh, Avery to get back. All right. And based on, can I um, can I get a copy of, if not the original signature card, a copy of, or at least could I maybe like um, take a photograph of the signature? I want to look at the signature and see if like if there's something really noticeable about uh, you know a letter that the way it's signed. Because maybe maybe at the future, if I find some written correspondence, I could match. Yeah, so you probably don't have a camera with you, but I imagine that given it's a post office, I, I, I don't know, but they probably have that, um, what do you call that, like uh, carbon paper? Mm -hmm. uh, so you would put like, you know, the, you put carbon paper, you would put a piece of, piece of paper, carbon paper, and then the signature, and then you would trace it with something that doesn't actually draw, and then you could like get a, uh, you could trace, you know, the, the signature. Okay. That's probably the best, uh, the best you can do, but, but yeah, that, that'll give you a, uh, I could also, since I have to wait three hours, I could go back. It's not a long walk to the hotel. I could go back and get my camera. And, well, you don't know exactly when he's going to arrive, though. But oh, okay. But but you can you can do either. Uh, you could also return, you know, later in the day if if you want to to get a, an actual photograph of it. Okay. Well, I'll start with getting the the carbon of it first. Since can I'm you just steal the copy of it? Can you just like yoink? <laughs> <laughs> um, after a little wait. Uh, uh, a couple of hours, you're you're getting a little bored, but um, uh, you're waiting in the down near where the uh, the pickup area is for for couriers, uh, and uh, the the guy you've you've talked to to uh, about Jack uh, says, "Oh, you were looking for Jack Arianelli? Uh, he just uh, yes. walked in. Yeah, he just he's oh, okay. All right, point him out to me, please. Uh, he points him out. He's he's uh, standing over, uh, you know, getting rid of uh, getting packages." Um, and let me see where did I put that description? Yeah, so he's a guy in uh, like his early thirties, uh, tall, uh, not too heavy, uh, kind of a a very mailman looking kind of guy, <laughs> kind of a meticulous, meticulous air. Okay, I'll walk yeah. up to him, uh, sir. Um, a few moments of your time, please. Mm, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm a member of the Starkweather Moor expedition that's leaving for Antarctica in a few days. You may have heard of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have. You're yeah, I understand. Amherst, right? Correct. I understand you deliver packages to that location. That's right, yeah. Uh, great. Well, um, we have a bit of a problem in that uh, a package, I believe, that you delivered there um, the other day appears to have gone missing, and the designated uh, recipient was did not receive it, so it appears to have been stolen. In fact, the signature um, was the proper name, but the individual who it was meant for never signed or received the package. So I'm investigating, and I'd like to get your help with the matter. Oh wow! Okay, um, yeah. What can I what can I do for you? Anything you recall would be very helpful about maybe the the man that you delivered it to that uh, represented himself as uh, Mr. Moore. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, I, I, uh, I spoke to him, um, um, he got the package, uh, he was, uh, 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 actually, I, I mixed the descriptions up a little bit, uh, 
Jack has like a mustache and is like a, a wiry little New Yorker guy. Uh, the other guy has this description. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of text. Um, yeah, he says, uh, yeah, he was a guy in his early 30s, uh, you know, tall, not too heavy, uh, meticulous air about him, uh, you know, clean shaven, uh, kind of a kind of a nice little simple suit. Uh, you know, he looked like a professor, uh, slightly long reddish hair, uh, glasses. Um, you know, he, he looked like kind of a professor, you know, not necessarily the kind who would go, you know, climb icebergs and stuff, but. Anything really distinguishing about him that you would, you key in on right away that if you had to describe him or recognize him, that, uh, is a feature that would stand out? Um, maybe his hair, you know, red, red, longish hair, but other than that, just, you know, just the, just a kind of academic looking fella, you know? Okay. And how did you find him? You, you came into the hotel and asked, you asked uh, for that individual to deliver the package? Is that what happened? Yeah, I asked uh, Tim, uh, you know, who's the, he's the, the desk clerk at the hotel. Yeah. Okay. And then what did Tim uh, direct you to a room or how did you find the individual? Yeah. Yeah. He, he sent me up to, to the professor's room. And when you arrived at the room, was the door closed? Yeah, yeah, I knocked. Uh, the guy opened. You know, he didn't. Um, he didn't kind of open the the door a lot. He he seemed a little, a little guarded. But you know, you know, you don't know what's in there. Could be a naked broad or something. Do you remember what room? What room number it was? Uh, yeah, he gives you the room number of, of Moore's room. So it was it was Moore's room. Okay. Okay. Um, can you describe the package? About how large was it? How much did it weigh? So he he seems to be getting a little kind of, you know, well, you're asking a lot of a lot of questions, uh, Mister. Yeah, well, we're just trying we're trying to determine how critical the package was to the expedition. I mean, we leave in two days, and so if it's a critical item, we need to be able to replace it quickly. Uh, Professor Moore is you know one of the heads of the expedition and one of our top top academics, so um, he's very concerned about the fact that an important package didn't reach him. Mm. Well. Um... He kind of seems to be holding out a little bit. Uh, mm. Well, you know, what, what would a what would a what would a guy get for his troubles? Oh, okay. Well, remember. we can go two ways with this. <laughs> I do have intimidation. <laughs> before his troubles, he could get held accountable for for <laughs> a lost package, <laughs> not doing his job, and getting fired if we wanted to continue down the road of uh, pressing the investigation about. You know, the lost package. Um, let's see. Maybe you could offer him a crate of sour cream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you want some caustic soda? <laughs> uh, I have bargain. Maybe could I... Uh... Yeah, you could uh, You could do a point spin on bargain. Okay. Um, Intimidation might work as well. Yeah. Maybe it's better to bargain first and then intimidate. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll I'll do bargain. I'll try to let him know that uh, you know this, how important this is, and um, yeah, we, we can. I'll see what we can do to make it worth his while. But he's he's helping out a very key expedition and with with some important information. All right, that would be a one point one point spend. Okay. All right, so he's okay. Uh, fair enough. So the 
yeah, I mean, it was, it was a, it was a kind of a funny package. Uh, you know, you, you, you pay attention to these things because most of them are a little boring, but this one, uh, it was, uh, it's about maybe, maybe nine by 12 inches or so. It's about three inches thick. Uh, uh, had kind of a, you know what a ream box is? No. It's like a box you put paper in. Okay. To, to, to protect it when you, when you, uh, when you send it. Uh, I'd say it's probably, it was probably a ream box. Um, the, it was wrapped in like a heavy paper, kind of light brown in color with heavy twine about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, it was pretty uh, travel worn, very kind of stained and had a lot of stamps and postal imprints, uh, you know, from stuff, people, or places like uh, Apia and Samoa, Honolulu and Hawaii, San Francisco. You wow. know, they all had like legends of first class, special delivery, express post, that sort of thing. So it was, it was pretty, you don't see that a lot. Um, and the, I believe the, I think the dates were between the beginning of August uh, and, and the end of August. Uh, I think the Samoan, the Samoan stamps were probably the oldest ones. Okay. Um, do you recall anything? Do you have any record of maybe where the origination of this package is, where it came from, or an address of who the sender? No, there was there was no sender's address. It was just a recipient's address, which uh, was you know Professor Professor Moore at the Amherst Hotel. The the only the only uh, um, um, what's the opposite of destination? Origin. Uh, ori- uh, origination. Yeah, the only origin uh, was you know was from the stamps. Uh, which was why I was, you know, I remember it because it was Samoa. It's not a place you, you get packages from a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, you were most helpful. This gives us uh, some information to go on. I'll go talk to more and see if he now knows what this potentially could be or if he has any contacts in those locations he could follow up on. But if you please, if you remember anything else or you come across anything or um, here's my room number, please contact me. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Oh, wait, there was one more thing. Uh, oh, yes. The sender of the package was uh, somebody named William Dyer, I think. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. William Dyer. Okay. That was well, that's very thing, helpful. Yeah. All right. Thank well, I, I, hope, uh, I hope you figure out what you need to know. And uh, good luck on you know, going to the South Pole. Oh, thank you very much. Okay. Well, that seems to be some pretty good information in the end. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Oh, so. we don't really know who is it from. Oh, yeah, by the way, it's from yeah. <laughs> Here's all the information. <laughs> Here's the tracking number, by the way. <laughs> oh, I know who Dyer is. Yeah, the name sounds familiar. Let's see. Um... Uh, it's from the previous expedition. It's mm. Professor Dyer. He was on the expedition together with his grad student and forth. Mm. The guy who went crazy. Yeah, mm. the was the guy that went crazy and Professor Dyer. Uh, those two were together. I'm just trying to figure out where I don't even have this information. So maybe so he could have a reason for wanting this package. Yeah, right. So Professor Dyer and Danforth, they both went on the previous expedition. Now it appears that Professor Dyer sent the package to Moore that was then intercepted 
possibly my dad's fault. Who's gone mad? Mm. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, anyway, I hope you share some of this information with us at some point. Yeah. Because uh, it would be quite easy to spot a long-haired red uh, red Yeah, I mean, if we, at the very least, we can, we can could find a list of subjects if we see red-haired folks around. Yeah, um, he might be part of the other expedition if it's something like that. Yeah, so pretty much Dyer, I'm looking through the National Geographic. Dyer was the one who, uh, he documented the, the trip. Um, he pretty much witnessed everything, including like the... The, he found the destruction of the the other camp. He found where, the bo the bodies of the previous expedition. Where is it that you're that you're reading this? Um, the National Geographic that was on the the welcome packet, the USB. Ah, okay. Oh, speaking of uh, packages. Um, Heileman, you gave me some packages that I'm still not allowed to open. Is yes. that they're still off limits? Ah. Yeah, me too. I also got some that I'm not allowed to open. Am I allowed to open them? No, those are also <laughs> off limits. Yeah. It was peculiar because he brought them to uh, Berlin uh, when we were there uh, on a, a trip uh, recently. Uh, and, uh, you know, when they in the airport, they ask you if anyone gave you any packages. <laughs> the context. That is suspicious. Well, actually, <laughs> I have a copy of the Necronomicon right here, but uh... it's a severed head. <laughs> <laughs> it's for role playing game, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I know you, you started. You started this role playing game just as a affront for your your international drug running <laughs> yeah, business, exactly. isn't it? <laughs> We're all mules and we don't know it. <laughs> now, Jens, I'm going to have to ask you to take your package to a certain favela. <laughs> <laughs> it's all part of the game. It's all part of the game. <laughs> they are expecting you. And I went, we did we try to locate Dyer, and we we weren't successful. Um, I believe so. I think it of, says that of the people. Yeah, it says at the end he's kept out of the media spotlight. Yeah, um, he he. Um, I think uh, Thomas McLugal, uh, when he went to speak to McTie and uh, Gedney, uh, he also talked to somebody at the university who told him that um, Dyer had uh, left the university and hadn't been back for. Quite a while. I forget how long, but a year, year and a half, maybe two years, something like that. Is there a, like a, por a list? So of either of them could be a candidate, but although, but if he sent the package, all right. So I, a lot of interesting information, but I think it'd be worthwhile hearing from more what he might be expecting from Professor Dyer. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'll go report back to him and let him know everything I found because this is enough good information that maybe maybe he knows now. What to it, what it was, what he could have been expecting, or who sent it, or where it came from, so he could contact the, the person. So, so it was sent from Samoa. Uh, it was one of the stops. I I, it, I right. think San Francisco. I heard was maybe the origination from the the post office, but it made a couple stops along the way to the final destination. Well, the that's probably just only where the, it was tracked in the U.S. So the, it arrived in San Francisco. From where I brought. 
Um, I'll I'll give you I'll write this into a handout so that you have it. Um, but it definitely sounds like it could have been like a manuscript or a book because it sounds like it yeah. was about that size. Could have been useful information from the previous expedition, I guess. Mm -hmm. And maybe yeah, more. If it, came, if it came from Dyer, maybe it was like Dyer's uh, his expedition log yeah. or something. Oh yeah. Which actually, that would make kind of good sense because if this other individual is trying to stop us from from going and and kind of following in the footsteps of the previous expedition, they would want to prevent us from getting any help, any kind of uh, yeah. So, so, so like I mean, it's not impossible that the guy who was just happened to be in his room going through it, so it was searched, right? So, so the guy who did the search of the room just happened to be there when the package was delivered, and he took opportunity to take the package. He might not have known mm -hmm. that it was arriving. Sure. Probably not. Sure, so a chance. Uh, it could be uh, from the rival expedition, or it could be the crazy person that's haunting us. <clears throat> or it could be a third one we don't know about yet. Okay. But maybe the receptionist no, uh, can uh, give us more about this person. Because now we can at least guide him into, you know, we have some description of the guy. We can. So the receptionist yeah. or anyone else yeah. have seen them around him, around the hotel. Okay. I don't know. And then, uh, yeah, in the afternoon, we'll go to uh, Pier 99 and hang out, and maybe he's there. Who knows? Well, at least we have something to keep an eye out for now. Yeah, that helps. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, so I'll go back to Moore, and I'll tell Moore what I found and see if Moore has any idea of what mm. it could be. Or... I'll, uh, I'll go through some news. If there's any newspaper articles about the other expedition, uh, names and pictures and stuff like that, I'll go through them and just gather some more information. So I have a better idea of what to look for when we go around that area. Okay, uh, let's return to that. Let's do the more thing first, and then we can take a short break. Okay, you uh, you come back to I guess you go back to the pier. Uh, it's you know noonish, uh, one or two o'clock in the afternoon, and you find uh, you find more uh, with his you know his clipboard in the middle of uh, uh, loading the last things on the or some of the last things on the ship. Okay. Uh, Professor Moore, um, can I have a word with you, please? Oh, hey, uh, Avery, yes, of course. Yeah, I, uh, I, I tracked the package down. I found some interesting information that maybe you can shed some light on. Um, I was able to confirm that, indeed, the package uh, was signed for by an individual claiming to be you that was in your room at the time that, I, that they were, they seemed to be, it was during that time in which they were breaking into your room and, and searching your room. Uh, when the package was attempted to be delivered, and the individual signed your name for it and took the package. Um, from what I found, the package was uh, could, small. It could have been a manuscript or a book of some kind. It seemed to be uh, 9 by 12, 3 inches thick uh, in a, one of those uh, document boxes. Um, it didn't have an address of origination. However, William Dyer was the sender. When you say, uh, when you say William Dyer, he kind of... It's like he, he, wait, you said William? Yes, William Dyer, which I believe was on the previous expedition, correct? The Miskatonic expedition. Yeah, 
William, I haven't heard from William for a very long time. Huh. But you had correspondence with him? Were you expecting anything from him? No. No, he dropped off the map quite a while ago. Uh, yeah, he was never the same after he came back from from the expedition. And we were we used to be pretty close, but we drifted apart and, and then he disappeared. Uh, you don't have any current contact information for him or know where he lives? No, I don't think anybody does. Um, hmm. What about the locations of Samoa or Hawaii or San Francisco? Is there any relevance to those locations? Not that I know of, but I don't know. It's possible that he he's traveling there. I mean, he he could be doing studies, but I don't know. Hmm. That does sound kind of odd. What about his his assistant Danforth, who was also on the previous expedition? Um, we were, we were aware that he. He seems to have been in a mental institution. Yeah. Uh, he kind of, he, you step away from the from the hustle and bustle of the stevedores loading the ship and the cranes and so forth to talk a little bit. And he kind of wipes his brow and, uh, yeah, I, I, I saw, I saw Danforth, I think just once after the expedition when he was coming off the ship and he really didn't look well at all and they they took him to the hospital right after that could you describe him what does Danforth look like uh he's uh it's like a tall kind of finish you know young uh he little he looked a little worse for wear after the after he came back. He had like a, a total breakdown. I think he was in. What color hair does he have? Oh God, uh, I don't know. I think he was blonde, maybe. I'm not entirely sure. I think he was blonde. I remember him what about, being blonde. What about Dyer? Have you ever met Dyer? Oh yeah, Dyer is a good friend. He's a very good friend. Because the description of the individual that was in your room that signed for it was uh, a tall, clean-shaven man in their early thirties with red, long hair and glasses. Well, that sounds more like Danforth than it sounds like Dyer. Dyer is older. He would be mm -hmm. uh, in his late forties, early fifties, I think. Uh, yeah, that doesn't sound like Dyer. Could be Danforth. Yeah. Red hair, though. I don't remember him having red hair. He might have worn glasses. Okay. All right, well, that's all I could find out. Well, um, uh, uh, Danforth, he, they sent him to an institution. I think you, you might have already heard about that. Um, he actually tried to break into the geology hall once, uh, but somebody, a guard ran him off, but so I don't know he could kind of be anywhere. Maybe that it could be him. Hmm. Who knows what happened to him? Um, but yeah, I don't know. Everybody, everybody who came back from that, that trip was, they were quieter and more morose and, you know, Paybody, Sherman, McTie, nobody liked to talk about it. I always, I always feared for Dyer though. He was, he was a good man when he left, but he was so different when he came back. He used to be a, a fine speaker and a, 
a dedicated scientist, you know, one of the more popular ones, teachers in the, the department, kind of charismatic. But after he came back, I hardly even know him, knew him. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he seemed like somebody who'd been to war almost, you mm. know, he had that kind of look, look about him. But well, it's uh, unfortunate whatever he intended to send you never made it to the destination. Yeah, I wonder what it could be. I don't know. Starkweather, uh, Starkweather comes, comes by, uh, he's, he's around the ship as well. Uh, hey, hey, James, James, uh, uh, Avery here went to the post office and found, uh, that the package that was stolen yesterday was from William Dyer. And Starkweather says, from William Dyer? Well, I guess he's sending us information about the expedition to help us. Yeah, maybe. You don't, do you know, do you know where he is, uh, sir? Or do you know where you could contact him? You're asking Starkweather? Yeah. No, no, I've never even met the man. Uh, uh-huh. only read about his exploits in, in National Geographic and the newspapers and so forth. So yeah, I, I don't know. <clears throat> Moore says, uh, no, the last, I mean, he signed up for a dig in Montana. Uh, I think he went to the Yucatan. I got a short note once from Hawaii, but all it said was, I'm sorry. And then I haven't heard from him since. Well, Hawaii, that's, a, that's one of the locations where the package traveled through. The, uh, the Yucatan, that, that's not linked with Samoa, is it? Yeah, it's the it's the peninsula near uh, Cuba, mm-hmm. um, in Mexico. Okay. Samoa is uh, an island. American Samoa. It's kind of a third, closer to Australia between Australia and Mexico. A couple of islands. Mm. It's yeah. It's between like uh, Hawaii and Australia, out in the middle. It's still that kind of Pacific region. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyway, I hope he's. I hope he's happy wherever he is. Hope he can finally get some sleep. All right. Well, um, I'll let you know if I find out anything else. All right. Thank you so much, William. Uh, Starkweather, as you as you turn, Starkweather says, "You know, I'll tell you what. This is all uh, Lexington's work. It's got her fingerprints all over it. That bitch." Well, it, certainly, if this was if this was some kind of a, a log with important information or notes on the previous expedition, I would imagine a competing expedition would love to get their hands on it. Yeah, you bet you. Well, we should notify the police more. Uh, I expect this sort of thing in Africa, not here. I wonder, I wonder if, is there enough time to maybe, the only thing I could think of would be maybe trying to get a sample of notes that Danforth had written or something from the university and try to compare the handwriting to the um, signature. Well, it's the seventh today. You're leaving on the ninth, uh, and uh, Miskatonic University is in 
Arkham, and Arkham is probably, how long would that take? It would probably take uh, on train four or five hours, maybe, uh, going north to get to Massachusetts, uh, Arkham. Uh, it's the seventh, middle of the day. You're leaving on the ninth in the morning. Yeah, that's pretty close. That'll be a full day at least. Of, uh, so, so, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think it has a whole lot of value because at this point, I'm, I, he's the primary candidate anyway, I think. So I'm already kind of assuming that if there's anyone likely. So if, even if it is him, he will be in New York at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are at the ship, by the way, and you, you see uh, William. I don't know if you... If you come down or anything, uh, but um. all right, yeah. So I'll, I'll share with you what I found and my suspicions, and that we should be on the lookout for this red-haired yeah. individual. This is our need to go and check out Pier Ninety Nine, I guess. Yeah. All right, so it gets to kind of near the the end of the day, and um, uh, as you're as you're leaving, you uh, you uh, you're walking with with more and stark weather back. Uh, I assume you're going back to the hotel to like change clothes and stuff like that, wash up a little bit. I like to wash up before I kick ass. And two bubble gum. <laughs> I'll add a bubble gum. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Starkweather is kind of complaining throughout, like, oh, Mo, I'm telling you, she's, she's at it again. This time she's gone too far, more. And we have to call Detective Hansen. We have to ask him to get a warrant and search her rooms. I'm sure you'll find that missing parcel in her house somewhere. You can mark my words on that. Uh, and he just keeps complaining all the, way, all the way back. Should we tell him that we were planning on going there and scope the bars and stuff in the neighborhood, the other expedition? Mm, I don't think he needs to know. Because <laughs> he's, he's well, it gives him deniability in court. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's thing. a bit reactionary too. So probably the less he knows, the better. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as you get back to the hotel, uh, Starkweather goes in. Um, uh, more uh, kind of uh, uh, taps your shoulder, uh, Belcour. Says, uh, uh, "Pierre, you, you wouldn't mind uh, just a, a second? Of course. Go ahead. So I, I don't have any reason to believe that uh, James is right, but um, uh, it's a matter for the police anyway. But I think we should try and have somebody talk to Miss Lexington and uh, you know see if there's anything there, or at least smooth over our our grievances if we can. I would rather that no further things went wrong before we before we leave for the ice. Uh, no, I agree. I think, um, I mean, um, with the description of the guy in the room, it should be pretty easy to see if that guy happened to be part of her expedition. Um, yes, uh, possibly, possibly. But uh, actually, I was, uh, so, yeah, so uh, unfortunately, tomorrow we have the memorial service, and it's the last day before we leave, but I was wondering whether uh, I could ask you a favor and go and talk to Miss Lexington. I think I can set up a meeting um, before we leave, and then uh, yeah, you could, if you set up something up for tomorrow, uh, I'll uh, I'll, uh, I'll 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 take a talk with her. See, well, that sounds great. That's thank you, Pierre. Uh, look, this is a 
It's a delicate situation, and uh, you know. The... Don't worry, I can be very different. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm good with the ladies, so don't worry. About it. <laughs> well, the situation between uh, James and Miss Lexington is aggra is aggravated enough without any further histrionics, uh, and I wish. Uh, for you to convey to the young lady that despite whatever implications the press uh, may have, the Starkweather Moor expedition wishes her and her party only the greatest success. And we're all explorers and scientists on the ice, and we, we have to stand together, you know, if we ever need any assistance or anything down there. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Uh, yeah, well, with regards to the theft and our, you know, recent misfortunes, let's not expose our troubles to the competition too much, but should the opportunity arise, see if you can learn anything from Miss Lexington's opinion about uh, you know such things and the publicity we've all received. Uh, I'd rather know. I'd like. I'd rather like to know if her preparations have been similarly hampered. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. If you set it up, I'll uh, I'll do my best. All right. Thank you so much, Pierre. And failing oh, that, get some oh. compromising photos of her for blackmail. That would be yeah. good too. <laughs> also. Obviously. I will try to sleep with her. <laughs> All right, so. Fear um, 99. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's put on our knuckle grease. All right. That sounds weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's the thing. I just kind of made it up. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know that knuckle grease is a thing. Uh, hold on. Okay, you um, you travel up to Pier ninety nine, um, which is off of Fifty Ninth Street. You know, we're not from nowhere. Nobody knows us. We were just a couple of guys, uh, you know, looking for a nice bar and some good company and some beers. Yeah, it's not like your faces have been in the press or anything. No. Nah. Mm -hmm. I let my beard grow a bit. Nobody will recognize me. It's not like you're... Besides, they're all black and white. Yes. I'm pretty much in color. <laughs> I don't know. Nobody will recognize me. <laughs> I don't know if that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was thinking about like finding pictures of the the, the red-haired guy, but I, I don't even know you'd be able to see his red hair on the pictures. Yeah, so. that's true. But he has glasses. I, I look at the crew uh, uh, photos and ones that have glasses. None of them seem to fit the the description. In his thirties, uh, thin, longish hair. So I don't think it's any of the crew members. No, no, I'm not thinking about well, our own crew members, but their crew members. Yeah, oh, but it seems like, I mean, glasses would be an obvious disguise that you'd wear that you wouldn't normally wear. And then long hair, the minute you did something like that, yeah, I'd expect you'd probably want to cut your hair and dye it. Because it's, pro it's probably pretty common, right? You could you could go to a barbershop and have your hair dyed black. I don't think this guy would have gone this far. Only the postman who ever saw him. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think Yeah. I think he actually wears glasses. He's also he's a university graduate, or he was a PhD student, or something like that. So it's likely that he actually needs glasses. Yeah. But and didn't didn't Moore confirm that Danforth actually he did wear glasses normally? Uh, good question. Didn't he say, didn't he say that when he met him? Uh, he yeah, no, he, he might have worn glasses. Yeah, he might have worn glasses. Okay. Like, Maul was not very useful in this situation. 
Um, okay, but let's head down to 99. All right, you uh, you head up to uh, Pier 99, um, <clears throat> and um, you see the the ship lying uh, anchored or uh, moored, as it were, uh, to the pier. Uh, the ship's name is the Tallahassee, um, and you see there's uh, there's uh, you know it's it's all fenced off and everything, and uh, there are guards uh, in front of the. Uh, no, we're not looking to get close to the ship in any way. Okay. It's just uh, the, the the nearby bars. Uh, we'll just uh, try and find out which is the more popular sailor bars uh, around, and okay. we'll just go there and have a few beers and see what happens. All right. Well, I, I I kind of have an idea for for a bluff. I was looking at my character sheet here. What what would what what character? What? Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, so I was thinking what skill, skills I need to pull off a bluff. Um, a bluff. That's a good question. Reassurance? So what, do you, what do you want to fake? Yeah, I want to go to the Tallahassee and then say that I, I have a, I bring a letter for one of the, one of the crew members here and then give the description that we have of Dan, Danforth. And just hope something comes up. Hmm. What about giving the description of the guy who uh, th uh, took the package? Same thing. They match. I think. No. They kind of match. Sorry. Yeah, it's actually that's the guy that I want to make. Yeah. That I want to describe. But I'm presuming it's but, Dan. Uh, yeah. Well, it's a little late now. Uh, what time is it? Six. Uh, yeah, six ish. Six seven before you get up there. Well, you don't really look like a a postman, I suppose. What I look like a postman? <laughs> just have a message to deliver. <laughs> well, I'm not a postman. It's just it's a letter yeah. for it's a message. Yeah, yeah. You're a private courier. I'm private courier. <laughs> so I'm thinking bargain. Yeah. Well, if you uh, yeah. Of course, you could risk getting your ass kicked, I guess. But well, I do have a message for this guy. The message yeah, yeah. is: give us our fucking package. <laughs> fucking package. <laughs> okay, it's not strange if you don't have a name or, or anything. You know, like you have a you have a message. Oh yeah, it's for a guy that is like. <laughs> it says on the package he's like have tall. I have, I have a, I have a semi-plausible explanation for that. <laughs> semi-plausible. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was uh, the, your letter got wet and the name was off, but you you happened to uh, only know your description. What it looks like. <laughs> only your description is left. <laughs> yeah. oh, so I the main thing. So we're just going to find out, kind of drink and they, and hear, just listen to rumors and hear if there's maybe something that. Yeah, that's plaguing their expedition, or they've heard something else. Yeah, that we just find the most of. likely bar where they would go. Yeah. These expedition members, and we'll try and eavesdrop a bit. And if we get something interesting, we'll deal with it. Maybe approach them. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. they don't necessarily have anything bad against us. Uh, you know, they're just other crew members of another expedition. Um, yeah, we could make friends. Who knows? Yeah, let's let's do that first. Nearest bar, nearest speakeasy, close to Pier 99. Yeah, I'll check Yelp and see what's what. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
I, 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 we could just talk to a local, you know, where did the fishermen's go and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I just, I just found a, uh, one of the, one of the people in the book here, his name is Henk Beinche, which is like a Dutch name, but he's listed as being a Dane. <laughs> it's like really? every time. Um, Americans just don't, they, they can't tell Danish and Dutch apart. They no. just, you just have to go to the UK before that, that distinction spills yeah. out the way. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's pretty much only outside Denmark we know where Danish people are from. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seems fair. Oh, okay. All right. Um, okay, so you, uh, you go up there and uh, uh, look around for, for a bar. Okay, so you, you find a, a, a there's like a, a couple of places, but one of them is a little bit more popular than the other ones, and uh, uh, you know. I mean, I'll, I ask like a random guy on the street, "Hey, where do the where's the you know the popular hangouts around here?" Yeah, you, you find the place and you you go in. It seems pretty. It's pretty uh, uh, you know kind of crowded. Uh, it's a Thursday night, summer. You know, people are out enjoying enjoying the weather and so forth. Um, and uh, that's it. What do you What do you do? Uh, well, look around, find a table in the center of the room or something like that, and have some beers. And uh, I spend some time during the day looking through uh, newspaper articles and stuff like that from the other expedition, and hope there was like right. any I, nice I people, anything like that. So I might, you know, I'll yeah. try in my head to convert that image from grayscale to color and see if I can see a resemblance. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you you find various uh, you know articles uh, uh, with some pictures and stuff, um, and I think yeah, I'm going to show you this just because it's that's the one that you you already have. Yeah. Um, so not not, not loaded with pictures. No, there might be some other ones that has a little bit of stuff. Um, but yeah, you there's standing room only. Uh, you get some beers. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know. we just mingle around a bit. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Yeah. At least we have beers. <laughs> it's not a total wash. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and after after a little bit, you you see uh, a couple guys over in in one of the rooms that seem to be uh, you seem to have seen their faces somewhere before. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that would be a good place to uh, to 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 accidentally stand nearby and for a little bit okay well um they seem kind of kind of uh, uh a couple of them seem a little rowdy you know they're uh, uh, a little bit more seaman-ish yeah yeah it's like their last couple of days on shore for a long time so they need to get uh yeah let some steam out shore their oats um and uh there's uh there's a couple guys that are a little bit less uh you know they does any of them happen to have slightly long reddish hair? No. None of them, none of them do. Damn it. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> Too easy. Um, yeah, but they just, they seem to be, it's a little bit hard to hear what they're talking about because it's so loud in there. Uh, do you guys want to, do you guys think we should go and talk to them and just, you know? Yeah, I, I go up to the bar and then close to where Avery and Belcour are standing. And then I then I yell out to the bartender, Bomb man, I'd like some drinks. We're going on expedition soon, and now is the time to drink. Can I have some uh, whiskey? Yeah, sure. The barman finds some whiskey for you, pours it up, 
Sailing in two days, we are. <laughs> Your video is a little chopped up, so that's why it's a little... Sometimes I don't know quite when you're done talking or if, if your video is still <laughs> moving or not. Um, you managed to yell loud enough that people are kind of looking. What is this crazy uh, Dutch person doing? And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you see one of the, one of the guys from, from the table uh, kind of turns around. Starts talking to those the other guys, um, and uh, the two that are a little bit more quiet, like um, one of them is he seems to be in his early thirties, maybe the other guy's a little younger, uh, and the 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 two other guys uh, are probably in their in their twenties or so. Uh, this, the 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 quieter guys like, and then the the other guys like, they get up and they <laughs> they kind of walk over, it's like. Hey, hey, excuse me. Yeah, what is it? Yeah, you were talking about an expedition. What, uh, where are you going? You're heading south? Oh, yeah, yeah, where, where to? You going to Mexico or? Very south, very, very south. Where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't I seen your face somewhere before? I don't know. Have you? Yeah, I think you, uh, what about this guy over here? He points to you, uh, Pierre. Have you seen this guy's face before? Yeah, isn't he that French? Uh, <laughs> We've been in the newspapers lately. You're that French fuck. Uh, uh, you're the you're the guys from the fucking Starkweather Moor expedition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you do you you you're interested in that? Yeah, we're interested in that. What are you guys doing up here? Uh, we heard about this bar from a few fishermen down the street. Yeah, you don't. Uh, you want to have your own bars down, down south, uh, they're boring. down the cheap rows? You men wouldn't happen to be from that other expedition, would you? Yeah, we would happen to be on that other expedition, actually. Oh, that's uh, awesome. That's awesome. It's so cool you're going as well. It's going you know, to be a revolution in the science field. It's going to be great. So many interesting people going south. It's going to be great. Sure of it. Yeah, Cheers. very, very interesting cool. people. Uh, you think maybe... Uh, Maybe you could find your own bar to hang out at. <laughs> oh, come on. We're going to share the South Pole soon. At least we can be friends. Well, I think you guys have caused enough trouble already. I think you should leave before we start causing some of yours. Oh, such a... Causing trouble? We're just having a drink. Whoa. Didn't expect this. Uh, you see the, you see the, the two, uh, the two uh, quieter guys uh, kind of come up. I do just don't stop. It's not worth it. Let's just let's just get out of here. No man, I'm gonna I'm gonna teach these guys a lesson if they if they don't know how to drink in their own neighborhood. <laughs> well, we definitely don't want a confrontation. So if they're if they're pushing yeah. us to leave, well, you did what? bring a knife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping not to you use bring it. A... <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, speaking of causing trouble. I think that you guys are the ones causing trouble over at our hotel and at our expedition, leaving strange messages, stealing our packages. I'm sorry, I don't understand what this guy is saying. What's... <laughs> He's had a bit too much to drink. <laughs> sorry to offend you folks. We were just hoping to get a little camaraderie going between our two uh, investigation or our two uh, <laughs> trips. 
the the Expedition. older of the two quieter guys uh, kind of steps in. It's like, oh, look, I'm I'm sorry, uh, just just back off. Uh, look, you guys should probably you know retreat to the other end of the bar or something. Come on, we we should get out of here. He starts to cordon those guys off, and they're like. I think we should finish our drinks and go. <laughs> We're not going to get any cooperation that way. So yeah, let's just finish yeah. our drinks. Yeah, I'm sorry. They get a little rowdy sometimes. Uh, I wish you the best on your on your travels. Well, you as well. Hopefully, we'll see you on the ice. Yeah, maybe we will. They, they okay, so, so so this guy seems friendly enough. Yeah, so yeah, so if he if he got his belligerent guy to leave, maybe we can engage him in a little conversation. Yeah, maybe we should talk about the, those really dodgy messages messages and see if they get something like that as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the reason I'll, I'll back off to, to to leave you guys having a conversation with him. I mean, the reason where we came is. Uh, as you've heard, there have been. I'm sure you've been paying attention to the papers, but there's been some odd things going on surrounding our preparation for our expedition, and we just wanted to kind of see if if you guys had any of the similar experiences. With uh, we've had a few things go missing, uh, stolen, some problems with our manifests, and uh, just was wondering if maybe you know you guys have have experienced some of the same things. Well, you know. Putting an expedition up is uh, hard work. It's a lot of stuff that could go wrong. I'm sure you heard in the paper, you saw in the paper, the death of our, our ship's yeah, captain. Yeah, I saw that. It was very unfortunate. Yeah. The memorial's tomorrow if you want to come. Well, yeah, I'll see what I can, what I can, what I can swing. Look, uh, I probably shouldn't be seen talking to you guys too much. Uh, I think there's a little bit of a, a rivalry between... Yeah. Well, take care anyway. Ships. You have a lot of crazy people making threats and, and stuff like this, and, and, and so just be careful out there. Yeah, I mean, uh, the leaders of our expedition may have a bit of a rivalry, but there's no reason for, for us to. I mean, there, it may actually come to the point where rivals soon find themselves to be uh, our, the best friends in an isolated place like Antarctica, where we, we don't have the help of the outside world and we have to rely on each other. Yeah, it's certainly possible. Well, let's hope it doesn't come to that. But uh, hi, I'm I'm Albert, by the way. Um, ah. Nice, nice meeting you, ah. William. Nice to meet you. What is it you do on your expedition? Uh, I'm a I'm a camera documentarian. Oh, okay. I, I'm a pilot. I'll be flying one of the aircraft. Hi, right, nice, nice to meet you. And your your name is uh, your William William Avery. A Avery. Yeah, I've seen your your name in the paper. Well, look, uh, I don't want to be a stranger, but. Um, it's it's probably better for me if we don't uh, spend too much time talking. So, um, but yeah, I, I hope you have a a safe journey and everything. Um, enjoy your beer. Thank you. You too. I'll make, I'll remember his name so that in the event that what was his name? Uh, his name is Albert. I'll tend them all whiskey, please. <laughs> uh yeah he's like yeah you uh you guys want to cause trouble huh the bartender no no trouble we want to drink whiskey <laughs> well, as long as you keep it to the drinking 
pour you some more whiskey. I drink it. <laughs> <laughs> more whiskey? <laughs> uh, all right, so you, you get you know, a couple of servings of whiskey and stuff, uh, probably some bar food. Seems good enough. Any, any other shenanigans? Nah, I guess yeah. Well, Magnus actually had a, quite a drinking problem, so he's probably getting pissed drunk by now. <laughs> but we want to get him out of there before he gets in trouble. Yeah, you probably see <laughs> we'll, it. We'll look or more gets us in trouble. when we were dragging home a drunk sailor later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, cool. By the time, uh, I mean, unless you do anything else, you, you end up back at the hotel at some point. Um, there's a note for you, uh, Pierre, uh, to, there's an address for, uh, Acacia Lexington and it says like, uh, 12 AM. Uh, thank you. Uh, sign more. All right. Do you guys want to come there tomorrow? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I think it's a, a single person meeting. Let's ah, just, okay. All right. Well, we'll wait outside. <laughs> You'll be across the street with your camera. Uh, and, the and your telephoto lens. <laughs> uh, I'll try to keep the curtains open. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, next day, September 8th. Memorial Day thing. Yeah, there's a memorial which uh, Avery uh, Maunus, you're probably you're probably going to. And then, other than that, it's uh, last last cargo is loaded and has arrived. Uh, you know, either yesterday or during the night, and it's being loaded on the ship. And um, and that's it. So. Okay. What time is the memorial? Uh, it's probably around noonish as well, one one o'clock or so. It's out in Brooklyn. I forget the name of this cemetery, but um, I think it's like Saint Mary's Cemetery or something like that. So I won't. I won't have time to do the memorial. No, you. You have to go. Uh, so she lives in uh, Queens, by the way. Okay, so. You you go to the we'll take the, the the Queens thing first. You at the Queens, uh, you probably get a, a car uh, to go there, and you arrive at the address. It's this large modern mansion, kind of set back from the road. This is before Queens got completely you know uh, built out the way it is today, but. So it's, it's like a relatively large mansion uh, with a, a hedge and a, a curving drive leading up to it and a, a large garden in, in front of it. And uh, there's a set of uh, kind of wrought iron gates in front of the driveway. They're open, but there's a, a, a watchman outside who, uh, as you roll up, he All right. kind of pulls you over. Uh, I got an appointment to see uh, what's her face. <laughs> 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 Great. <laughs> ah, yes, the Ms. French, Lexington, the French uh, charm. <laughs> yes, and you are. I am Professor Belcourt. 
Ah, yes, Mr. Belcour, uh, Professor Belcour, um, you're expected. Uh, just drive right up to the to the entrance. All right. Is that a is that a uh, expedition driver I'm with? Uh, somebody who will stick around till, or is it a taxi? Uh, it's a uh, it's a it's a uh, the equivalent of a taxi. It's a rent a car with a driver to. Uh, but he's he's gonna stay stay and wait. Yeah, till, uh, yeah, he stays uh, with the car. Okay, stay with the car and the night. Yes, sir, Mr. Uh The drive ends up in this like cool sheltered circle uh, in the shade of the house. Um, you, there's like a carefully tended garden with a small fountain in the center of it. Everything. I tell the driver if I'm not back in one hour, just go. <laughs> just <run>. <laughs> tell <laughs> the world about me. Yeah. <laughs> Give this to my wife and tell her I love her. <laughs> the uh, the door opens as you as you pull up uh, to the to the drive uh, or to the uh, to the doors, and this uh, tall, pale man with uh, 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 kind of a uh, what do you call it, like a casual wear, uh, comes out. Uh, uh, Mr. Belcour. Oh, welcome. You've, you're expected. Um, I'm Richard. I'm uh, Acacia's secretary. Uh, please follow me. He leads you down a spacious hallway uh, lit up by skylights uh, and, and very tastefully de uh, decorated with you know small uh, statues and paintings and such uh, into uh, a large space. If I come across like... Uh old interesting paintings that I recognize, something like that to start, you know, small chatty uh, openers, uh, discuss some, you know. Yeah, it's, it's funny you should say that. Uh, as you enter the, the, the office, which is kind of a spacey, uh, a spacious, uh, kind of sparsely furnished, um, there's a, a broad, clean desk with two uh, chairs opposite of it, uh, kind of in the middle. And then around the, uh, one wall is made of glass, there's like a Japanese garden outside of it. But um, on the walls, there, there are uh, three paintings, uh, kind of these really colorful uh, uh, paintings. I'll get back to those. And then on, uh, behind the desk, there's this kind of old parchment uh, framed behind glass. Um, I'll show you. Uh, and Richard, he says, uh, please uh, wait here. Miss Lexington will be right along. Okay. So Jens, your uh, video is deteriorating fast. It's very dark where you are. Yes. Did you get that, Tom? Yeah. So there are three paintings. This is one of them. This is another one. Did you get that one? Mm-hmm. And this is the final one. Uh, do you have any kind of art history or anything like that? I know, um, I know the answer to this question. I mean, I have uh, not really. Um, I have some anthropology, archaeology, biology. I mean, I, I'm not really that much into art, but obviously, working in a museum for a big part of my life. Uh, I <laughs> right. Well. Yeah. Art, uh, archaeology, uh, uh, that's a no then. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> All right, well, you, you see these paintings in there. Um, and uh, um, yeah, I, you can, 
I mean, you can you could spend uh, your credit rating maybe because it's it's it would be like a cultural thing for you to to have seen them if you if you want to. That's well, not- I'm a, I am a snooty French guy, so I will have something I can. Yeah, <laughs> it's an optional spend. Um, okay. <clears throat> I'll just show you while you ponder whether you want to do that. Uh, and how is this? What what do you call it uh, again? Come on. Uh, credit rating. Ah, okay. Um, no, it's fine. And uh, finally, behind the behind the desk, there's this framed uh, parchment, which looks like this. And do you have any kind of? Let me just see here. You have anthropology. That might actually be. I chose a useful skill. Wee. <laughs> There we go. Yeah, you could. Uh, there's a one point, one point spend for anthropology. And how is it that it works again? How do I get these points? Okay, back? so let's just refresh that. So investigative investigative skills are uh, purely. Uh, there's two ways you can use them. Either you show up somewhere and you say, "I use my skill," and if there's anything uh, to be gained from that. Uh, you get whatever it is. So in this case, you could show up and say, well, I use anthropology. Or in the case of like a crime scene, you would show up and you say, well, I use forensics. Mm. And, and you would get, if there's anything to be gotten from using forensics, you would get that. Same with, uh, you know, if you use reassurance or bargain, you can you can use that as a skill to kind and of... how do I earn them back? Um, so when you point, when you point spend, um, sometimes there's a little bit extra to be gained by spending one or up to two points. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you get investigative uh, points back. Uh, there's a couple of points in the campaign where you get those refreshed. And that's opposite of how general abilities uh, work. General abilities are roll abilities. So you have to roll and then add however many points you want uh, on mm-hmm. top of that roll to beat a threshold, which is usually four. And uh, those refresh uh, three general abilities per session. So every time, per session. Have, yeah. So, so if, for example, right now I have four in stealth, but I in fact have eight. So right now I really have eight because I did it, used it last time. Uh, well, yeah. When we started up, remember I said, and you can refresh up to three abilities. So we you do that at the start of the session, and ah, okay. Um, yeah. So that's how it works. So in this case, uh, if you want to, you could. Um, so, uh, because we don't play often enough for us to even remember the rules, uh, in this case you could you could say, well, I use my anthropology. Uh, is yeah, there anything, I'd... or you could say, and then I, depending on how advanced we get, uh, either I just tell you, and there's also a one or a two point spend, uh, or uh, at some point we might just stop doing that, and I assume that you guys are going to say, are there any spends I would like to? Mm. Okay. So that. Yeah, cool. Okay. And you say, David, are you there? I would like to spend. One anthropology point on the map. Perfect. Um, so you recognize the map. It's actually uh, kind of remarkable that it's here. It's um, it's called the Piri Rays map. And it was recently sent in a letter to our... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It looks like it's been folded into a small letter. Um, so this is, um, this is a map. It was discovered um, four years ago. Um, it's called the Piri Reis map. It's the oldest existing map of the New World, uh, which was drawn by a Turkish cartographer in 1513. 
and um, allegedly it's based on a number of other maps and accounts from that period, uh, but wasn't seen in the Western world for over 300 years before it was discovered in 1929 um, by archaeologists uh, digging in the ruins of the old uh, Tepkapi Palace uh, in Istanbul. Um, and it's kind of controversial. Uh, many feel that it uh, shows, if you look at the, the, the left side, it, it shows the New World. So the top part would be North America, and then where it kind of balloons out, that would be South America. Uh, but uh, the bottom, some people argue, is the Antarctic coastline. But that doesn't make any sense because mapmakers uh, from that period didn't know of Antarctica. It's a relatively you know, recent discovery in that, uh, you know, on that scale of time. So, uh, yeah. All right, but I'll be standing in front of that, studying it uh, when she comes in, I guess. You're standing there, uh, and uh, you you hear a woman's voice behind you. Uh, you've seen my my prized possession. Yeah, it's an exquisite piece. Yes, very much so. So, Mister, how, how did you manage to acquire this? lovely piece of history. Oh, I have an interest in, in archaeology and in the Antarctic and I, I found it to be a very interesting piece. I assume you're familiar with its history, Mr. Or yes, yes, of course. I, I'm very much versed in archaeology myself and, and uh, really enjoy this, uh, this find. Yeah, it's, it uh, came to me through some connections and uh, at a, a relatively hefty price, but I found it was worth it. Ah, I'm sure. So, Mr. Belcour, um, how can I be of assistance to you? She's, oh, by the way, she's, uh, I should show you a picture of her. Yes, please do. Thanks, I didn't have to. Yeah, you, she, she's, uh, she's um, you know, pretty, very upper class. Uh, she's uh, dressed in a dark blue silk day dress. She doesn't have any uh, jewelry or anything on it, um, yeah. and she has this kind of, kind of lovely but distant cold air about her in a way. Okay. Uh, she, um, she comes in and uh, uh, kind of motions for you to please have a have a seat. I'm just realizing now there's a skill called flattery, and I didn't take it. No. <laughs> and you're French. Yeah. You call wow. yourself French. Maybe it's because we start with automatic minus two in flattery, and then uh, <laughs> so I actually put two points on it to get it to zero. Yeah. Um, uh, well, uh, well, um, I know you're very busy, and and we're all very busy these days. So I'll I'll get straight to the point. Yes, please do. I'm I'm needed shortly at my ship. I'm afraid. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, basically, um, we're all. Scientists, we all want the same thing. I just want to break the ice a little, figuratively speaking, uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> uh, before we go, you know, it's like um, in the name of science and, and all this kind of research we'll be doing, I feel like uh, we need to set our differences aside a little bit uh, and just welcome the fact that uh, there's two expeditions instead of just one. Uh, going to the Antarctic, uh, especially uh, Mr. Moore feels the same way. I know we have some rivalry between yourself and Stark Weather, but um, let's um, 
try and put a good spin on it and you know we're all sailing very soon and everybody should just have the best of luck and uh, I'm sure we'll see each other on the ice uh, you know you're a lovely lady and I think the we need uh, a good positive spirit before we leave the shore uh, put it in the newspapers I don't care officially at least I'm just here to say we wish you the good luck and uh, I hope to see you on the ice. Well, Mr. Belcour, have you come here just to play, to pay compliments and uh, and play nice? Uh, well, not entirely. Um, we've also had a lot of problems haunting our expedition lately, uh, and um, I'm just hoping uh, that you guys have been more fortunate than us. Well, getting- I should That's, I should uh, expect nothing less. Uh, with Starkweather at the helm, if you pardon my... You, you really don't like this guy. How did he rub your gears, grind your gears? Well, let's just say that James and I have some history. Uh, well, I understand complicated pasts. <clears throat> anyway, uh, like I said, we've been receiving threats uh, and um, with the murder and... Like, uh, yeah, I'm even missing the the memorial today to come here and talk to you. Um, yes, it was very unfortunate with your captain. Uh, I, I have a skill that, um, I don't know if it's too early, uh, but she's not opening up much, but I have a sis honesty. Um, sure. Um, you can just say you use a sis honesty. Uh, yeah, and- I'll, I'll do that. Uh, and try to get her to talk a bit more. Um, well, assess honesty will necessarily get her to talk. It'll just tell you whether she's telling the truth about something. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I get it. But I need her to say something to know if she's talking through. Well, I mean, you, you <laughs> could, you could, uh, you could inquire about, you know, uh, uh, other, other stuff. Um, yeah. You also have. Do you have any other social skills? You know, uh, you know reassurance. Fl- you don't have flattery, but um, interrogation. interrogation. Uh, I have. I have interrogation. In fact. Um, well, interrogation might be a little, uh, a little much, a little hard. I'll just turn the lamp on the table now. Tell me, <laughs> do you have to ask me any questions? <laughs> uh, well, I, 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 you know, I just try try to be as charming as possible, and uh, I tell her um, about the the problems we've had. Yeah, but I mean, she she you know expressed the sympathy for your problems, but. Um, yeah, I mean, we've, we've kind of touched on that. Well, anyway, remember your woolen underwear? I leave. <laughs> Mic drop. Was there, I, I'm just trying to, was there anything else like Mr. Moore wanted me to express or? Um, Moore said to you. No, and mostly, you know, he just wanted to see if there's anything, you know, if if if, uh, if there was an opportunity to get her to open up around around some of that. But uh, given you only have intimidation and uh, <laughs> uh, she's she's a little a little quiet around that. Uh, Do I get anything out of my assess honesty? 
in her? Um, just that she seems, uh, she seems, you know, honest in her sympathy <laughs> in her, with regards in her to, her <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in her cold rejection of a stark weather. And she seems, you know, generally like uh, concerned around um, uh, the death of, of the captain, and uh, uh, you know, beyond that, she also seems genuinely honest in her uh, mm. feeling it's, that stark weather is is probably not great for your expedition. But then again, who knows why? Um, there wouldn't be any expedition without him, I guess. So. Yeah. Well, I uh, I just try to be nice, and uh, well. There's nothing much else I can do with the skills I have. No. Um, I can always talk a bit more about archaeology on the way out. If I say <laughs> interesting fact about archaeology. Would you please leave? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, uh, not to, I don't want to prod too much, but it, it is interesting that a woman is going on an Antarctic ex- expedition. You know, it is, it's, that's pretty uncommon. Mm-hmm. Um, and beyond that, you know, uh, she's obviously a fairly young, uh, successful woman, as you can see from from mm-hmm. both the house and from her. Yeah. Other than that, I don't know if, if there's anything you want to ask about. But otherwise, uh, she she's also seems eager to to get back to uh, the ship. Uh, anyway, it was a pleasure meeting you, Madame. Yeah, you too, Mr. Bilcor. Um, please send my regards to Professor Moore, if nothing else. And I hope that you have a uh, uh, a more, a less uh, accidental, uh, or some, some less accident-prone days going forward and on your trails to the Antarctic. Me too. And good luck. Thank you. Richard, please show Mr. Bilcor out. And you, you get let out to your driver, who has left because he fought you. <laughs> Motherfucker! <laughs> uh, you come out, uh, go back to the uh, to the pier. <clears throat> so this is the worst part about playing a role-playing game for the first time. You never know what kind of skills and stuff you should choose. Of course, you, you can't oh, really... Yeah. For, foresee what the game is about in the first place either but yeah you it, it's hard but over time you like it's it's also a long campaign there's plenty yeah. of, plenty of opportunity to this is what i really like because when back when we played a lot of rifts and stuff like that you know when you then when you had to make a new character you could really like we, we call it min maxing you know you could just you just knew all the rules and you could just choose ah oh, you know that skill will give a bonus on that skill and then you just like make this fantastic level one character because you just know every little nook and cranny of all the books um, yeah, but I think in a, in a way, older games are also a little bit more. Uh, 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 it's a little bit easier to min-max in a way, whereas I think uh, like because like Rifts and Palladium games in general, but also even you know uh, Rollmaster and all these kinds of other games, and I think even Call of Cthulhu in a way, and, and that's probably true for Trail too. We'll we'll see, but they there's a lot of skills that are just there to kind of define your character, but not necessarily even useful. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So you have like, oh, my character has like leadership and uh, tactical and uh, strategy. And like, okay, what do you use those skills for in the uh, game? Like when, when do they ever come into play? And it's like just all these kinds of weird things. Whereas I think more in some modern games anyway, this is certainly true for the, the One Ring where all the skills are really useful. Um, 
it's it's a it's harder to to choose bad skills because they all will end up getting used somehow. Yeah. I don't know if it's true for for trail uh, necessarily. Uh, I can't I can't specifically say that accounting will come into use, but <laughs> you know, who knows? Yeah, yeah. And how can I use credit rating? You mentioned I could use it before. Yeah, well, uh, credit rating is it's a it's a measure of your kind of social standing in a way and your, um, you know, so in terms of, uh, so mechanically speaking, uh, more chose you because you have the highest credit rating. And so basically it was an opportunity. I should have spent a credit rating point on this meeting maybe. Um, not necessarily. It depends on what you're, what you're trying to do and stuff. You, you can spend credit rating points uh, as well. I spend five to sleep with her. Uh, that probably wouldn't work, <laughs> but, but yeah, I guess it is pertinent because, like, for her, she's a you know social status means a lot. She's a yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so yeah, so like spending credit rating points with her might have been uh, done something like she could have heard of you and considered you more of a you know more worthy as a social climber than just a peon yeah, worker yeah. worker bee. Yeah. But that doesn't work. Just the fact that I have a relatively. I don't know, relatively high credit rating. So you would have, I would actually have to spend a point for it to be any use. Well, it depends on what you're trying to do, right? If you're trying to do something, this is more, it might not be of use there in that case, but it could be in use of other cases where uh, you're trying to kind of, you know, swing your weight around a little bit and say, look, I'm actually a high standing member of the society or like you're trying to get into a country club or something. And, and they, yeah. you know, you can say, okay, well, let me, I'll just spend two points or something. Do you, do you know uh, who I am? <laughs> uh, so, so it's, you know, it's both a measure of your social standing, but also a way of, of spending that social standing on something. And, and, uh, and yeah, it's pretty much, are you, do you know who I am? Have you seen my face? Um, meanwhile, in uh, in Brooklyn, uh, Avery and uh, Maunuson, you attend the funeral with uh, with uh, Starkweather and more, and uh, there's a couple of other people there. Um, uh, First Officer Turlow, uh, who has uh, been the commanding officer on the ship, is there as well, uh, as is uh, the new captain, uh, uh, Captain Redenberg. And um, probably a couple of other people from the expedition, uh, the doctor and, and, and so forth. And it's out in uh, Brooklyn. It's a scorching day. Uh, it's very hot, uh, wearing the black clothes and everything. And it's a pretty subdued affair. There's really only one other uh, guy there um, whom not uh, from your expedition. Then, of course, a, a, a priest and uh, a coffin. Yeah, we, ha we had some information that um, Captain Douglas's brother might be there. Yeah, that's right. That's, uh, that seems to be the other guy. Yeah? Okay. Because it would be interesting to find out if Douglas had any enemies. Yeah, it's at the St. Bridget Cemetery, by the way. Not that it matters, but... Oh yeah, there's uh, there's also a couple of other there's a uh, uh, three other guys kind of with you know with the look of the sea about them. 
there's a journalist uh, there as well. Uh, who's kind of who's got a camera and uh, he he's not too intrusive, but but he's definitely hanging out. Mountainson, give me a sense trouble roll. Uh, okay. So remember how that works? It's a 1d6 plus uh, however many points you might want to spend. Okay, so... Roll 1d6 plus... And how many points here would be good to spend? Well, usually, uh, I'm not telling you the difficulty, I'm just saying usually the difficulty is 4. Right. So, right now, I have... The first column, it's, it's, there are two columns, P and R. What, what are they? Uh, it's pool and rating. Pool is uh, when you deduct points, you remove it from the pool. Rating is your actual full rating. Right, so if I have 0, 10, does that mean I have no points left? That's right, you spent uh, all your points last time. <laughs> well, that's from what sounds trouble. Yeah, because he was uh, overzealous. But you did, did you refresh your skills, though? Well, yeah, that, that could be when you refresh. And if you spent that much from it, you definitely would want to refresh that. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to refresh that. Yes, well, in that case. Uh, yeah, make sure uh, you refresh the three skills if you haven't already. Okay, so... You probably didn't spend a lot of other points last time anyway. It's the only thing I've ever spent anything. Oh, that and stealth. Oh, yeah, because yeah, you tried. I think you tried to sneak away from the journalists that were crowding the pier. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, I tried to get into it. It's true. Um, so I refresh everything at the beginning of the session? No, you refresh up to three skills. Okay, well, those are two. So refresh, refresh, everything refreshed. Okay, so sense trouble, I would like to spend five points on that. So I'm going to reduce that. All right. And here. You don't even have to roll. Yeah, you well, roll. I did. You very much made it. Um, you notice, uh, kind of standing back from the from the, the uh, grave a little bit, um, kind of in, in the in the background, uh, the lieutenant Hansen is kind of hanging out and, and looking at things from afar. Does that feel dangerous? Um, depends on how you feel about the police. The police. Okay. Right. So, other than that, um, the the pastor, uh, you've all kind of gathered up, and and the 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 uh, I don't know if that's like a uh, a horse drawn thing with the with the coffin on it rolls around and it gets carried out. Um, some of the some of the expedition members and some of those uh, older see about them kind of people uh, carry the coffin over to the to the grave and uh, the pastor starts reading a tribute to uh, to Commander Douglas, kind of listing his accomplishments as uh, you know as a man of the sea, um, and then gives a short prayer. Uh, I can give you those accomplishments if you want them at some point. Um, then the pastor exchanged a few words with uh, his brother and with uh, one of the one of those sea guys, and uh, then he gets ready to leave. 
that's pretty much it for for the funeral. Okay, so the people that we don't know there, does anybody the description of that in his 30s, reddish hair, glasses, thin guy? Shit. No, they're all a little older. Right. And who who might be the mother of Captain Douglas? Say again? Who who might be the brother of Captain Douglas? Well, you can see him. Uh, His name is Philip Douglas. He's like a... He's like a middle-aged man um, with a thick brown mustache and, um, uh, you know, thinning hairline, kind of a slight comb over, about 46 years old. Okay. Uh, and this Lieutenant Hanson, which was acting a bit weird. Well, he was standing back. Like, he, he was just not attending the funeral, but he was, he was observing the funeral. Does anyone have cop talk as a skill? No, unfortunately. Oh. Does anyone have any useful skills? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll keep my eye on Lieutenant Hanson. But I think that he's just there to observe. Pretty much he's there doing the same thing we're doing. So I'm not too concerned about it. So can we just go on the boat already? <laughs> Sail. Well, it's the eighth year... You're going to sail tomorrow on the 9th. All right. You, you, do, well, you're not, someone, you don't want to do anything else? going to talk to the police officer, the, the, the cop. Yeah, uh, I think we should talk both to the cop and to the, um, and to the brother. Yeah. You want to... Divide and conquer. Sure. Who do you want to talk to? To the pop. Um, Michael, you, you said that his name is Lieutenant Hanson. Is that because I know that, or are you just informing me? Uh, you met him at the hotel after um, after uh, the captain's death. He was uh, right. Uh, well, I can't remember if you met him, but you you know his name because he's been talked about. I forget who. I think David. You met him. But I, I think yeah. more more of you did. But yeah, he was at the hotel. Yeah, he, we talked to him. Yeah. Okay, so I go talk to Lieutenant Hanson. Um, Lieutenant Hanson, good, good to see you here. Ah, Mr. Mounison. Yes. Um, I, I appreciate you showing respect for our captain. Have you uh, had any break in the case? No. Uh, no, not that we, we haven't found anything yet should we should we be concerned i mean the the ship is leaving tomorrow well i i can't say as far as i i can tell uh you know uh mr douglas might as well have been mugged there's nothing to suggest anything untoward with regards to the expedition itself Why are you concerned? Yes, uh, we're we're a little concerned. Uh, we are receiving uh, strange messages, and um, in fact, one of the packages addressed to to Moore was uh, intercepted. Oh yeah, and, I heard uh, about that. Uh, Starkweather, Starkweather. It seems uh, wanted us to 
search Lexington's hotel and uh, her mansion, but it seems a little far-fetched if you ask me. So she's not under any suspicion as far as you're concerned? Well, I don't want to say anything about an active ongoing investigation. All right. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I have. Um, all right, he he kind of walks off. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, on the okay. other side of the cemetery. Okay, I'll walk up and give my condolences. Uh, I'm really sorry to uh, that we meet under these circumstances. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm afraid I'm not sure who you are. Oh, I'm on the Stark Weather Moor expedition. Um, oh, yes. So, yeah, actually, you know, when I heard that uh, your brother was going to be captaining our our ship, I was I was very happy because of his very esteemed <coughs> skill and history as a as a captain. I knew we would be in good hands, and I think it's just a great tragedy to have lost such a great man. Yeah, it's it's so unfortunate, and and I feel like I just got to know him. Uh, and why is that? Uh, were you estranged? Well, um, he seems a little a little reticent to to open up. Hmm. Um, can I use reassurance? Do I have a point left? You absolutely could use reassurance. You don't even need to use a point. Okay. Well, it, it wasn't really until after he came back that we. We got back in touch. We've been somewhat estranged over the years, but after he came back, uh, he got back in touch a little bit, and we we got to know each other uh, a little bit better. But um, uh, he he was given to spells of drinking, and yeah, I don't want to ill of my brother on his deathbed, but but uh, after he came back, uh, he. When he got drunk, he would have these stories, and yeah, he would he would he would talk some some weird nonsense sometimes. Oh yeah, like what kind of nonsense? Ah, tales of the sea, kind of. Uh... Well, more tales of the ice, kind of thing. Uh, let's see if I can remember. I think in one of them, these three men went snow crazy and. Uh, attempted violence on one of their fellow crew members. I think two of them were restrained and recovered, but the third one ran off into the snow and was never found again. Which expedition was this? Uh, this was the Miskatonic expedition. Oh, the Miskatonic expedition. Yeah, that he came back from. Yeah, he, he spoke of uh, uh, some icy black stones that he found on the ice and how cold they were. Um, and he never really said anything about it, but I, I seem to remember, or I seem to have gotten the impression that they were linked to him, uh, his, the loss of his two fingers um, that, that he lost on the way back from, from the ice. Hmm. Did, did, he, uh, did he mention anything more about the previous expedition? I, I wonder, you know, why, why would he want to go back? Did he mention what his motivation was for... After after such a tragic expedition of wanting to go back, oh, he 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 didn't want to go back. 
He specifically so, said that he would he would never he would never go back. So why do you think it was that he he agreed to go on the expedition? Well, uh, I can't speak to that. I'm not I'm not familiar with much of this. I haven't spoken to him for uh, for about six months actually. Um, I just received a telegram not so long ago that he was he was going to go to New York, but um. But yeah, no, he, he he didn't seem very interested in going back at all, in fact. Hmm. Maybe he felt some odd sense of duty in that, you know, despite all that tragedy, uh, perhaps, it was due to his, his leadership as the, the captain that uh, he prevented far worse from happening to his crew. Maybe, maybe he saved a lot of lives, despite the fact that that last expedition ended in tragedy. Maybe he felt a sense of duty to go back and prevent something similar from happening. It's possible, yeah. Um, I, I can't say for sure. But, um, Do you know if he, if he had any enemies that uh, might have wanted him to not go back on the expedition? Uh, not that I know of. Uh, no, I, I mean, the, he didn't speak of any, any enemies in particular. The only thing he, he ever said was uh he, he spoke of a some fellow from the expedition that that caused trouble uh he would wake up in the night and sometimes and shouting uh a name but but beyond that uh yeah, i don't remember do you recall what the name was that he yeah would shout? he would he would shout uh uh he would shout stuff like blast you dire control your crew uh Get get that Danforth under control, make him make him stop the screaming stuff like that. But it, it was an incoherent. It didn't make any sense in the context of everything. Did you ever meet any of the individuals from the previous expedition? No, no, not at all. I live quite far upstate New York. Uh, I have a farm up there. I've I only come I only came down here for the funeral. Unfortunately, it's a sad occasion to be here. But yeah. What a sad thing indeed, and I assume that since the, you're the la the next of kin, you'll be settling the estate of your brother while you're here. Uh yeah. the The lawyer has uh, uh, has already started taking care of that. Uh, uh, he revised his his will fairly recently, so we've we've gone over that, and I'm gonna I'm, I'm going back upstate to tend the farm again later today. Well, you know, as you know, I'm part of this expedition, and we'll be leaving shortly. Um, I think it's, t it's tomorrow that we depart. Um, if and if when you are going through your brother's things, and perhaps in his hotel room, if you come across anything that you think would be a help to the expedition, you know, a log or notes from his previous expedition, uh, you know, please, uh, if you feel that it's something that you wouldn't mind passing on to help us with our success of our voyage. Here's my room number. You can reach me here for the next day. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, when you notice that when he says uh, the lawyer, he, he kind of gestures to, to one of the guys uh, standing uh, with, he, he stands with the, he's standing with the, uh, the, the men of the <laughs> sea. Um, uh, thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll keep that in mind and thank you for your concern and, and thank you for attending the funeral. It, it means a lot to me. Uh, he didn't have a lot of friends around here, so 
it's it's nice to see uh, people with a sense of, of honor and, and courtesy. Well, we'll certainly miss him, and we'll take him with us in spirit on this grand voyage. Thank you very much. Uh, he kind of turns around and starts walking uh, with those other guys towards a car. Okay. Um, all right, so anything else? Anybody have anything on there on the schedule? Uh, is there any chance at all that uh, Captain Douglas killed himself? I don't remember what the scene was exactly, but... I think someone was seen running away from the scene, I think. There was a witness saying that there was like a struggle on the dock, and then he yelled, he, he like yelled for help, and then there was a splash, uh-huh. as I recall, something like that. And then someone fled the scene. You have this article I just shared. You should all have it on your screen right now. Which has the... And then you have this death announcement as well. So that's essentially what you what you have of information about it. Tom, do you have any, um, well, actually I'll look through your, you were, uh, you were looking into the, you were looking into the expedition, uh, the Lexington expedition uh, earlier. I'm sorry, I forgot to follow up on it. And uh, you find various articles about it. Uh, you also find some uh, references to to the uh, uh, to the rivalry between the expeditions and uh, to to Lexington uh, to her family name. Jens, are you are you lost? Okay, you're there. No, I'm not. yeah. Um, Did you see my video? Did not see it. I see it now. Yeah, you're, oh, yeah. you're good. And uh, uh, given that Thomas isn't here, uh, he's he's a journalist. He would have a lot of access to newspapers and stuff. But um, you managed to find some stuff uh, in that, or with Thomas's help. So you find these old articles uh, referring. One is referring a little bit to the to the ongoing um, rivalry, and another one is talking a little bit about Lexington's. Uh, family history yeah okay yeah so it gives the name of those two fishermen that found him or pulled him out of the water maybe we could try to locate them and hear their account are you reading the lexington articles no i was reading the, ca the sea captain one thomas gregor and phil jones yeah Lexington. Is this this Lexington? Well, this is a current article. No, it's uh, no. This is older. It's uh, it's from the archives. Thomas uh, probably pulled it up. This is where the old rivalry started, I guess. Hooray for chivalry! <laughs> Here it's presented as if whether it was. No explanation of why Lexington wouldn't like her. Well, there's another article. A little background on her, but... Okay, so I, I didn't see a second. Was there another article that had a contrary story to the hero, Starkweather? No, he's not mentioned in the second story about the uh, death of her father, but... Uh, yeah, maybe... It's just that, yeah, that one, it seems to be very contrived, though, like very 
one-sided. Like she, it marginalizes her completely, and uh, yeah. like as if like he were the only one to give to give his perspective. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe he just was a big hero. So can we sail now? <laughs> Almost there. I've already moved all my stuff to the boat. Uh, <laughs> ready to sleep there. Well, that's what you do in the evening uh, on the on the eighth. Everybody everybody moves to the ship. Um, yeah. Okay. So there's an exodus from the hotel. Everybody carrying their bags and taxis and so forth. And you get launched in on the ship, and I'm going to switch us over to the to the ship map. Tips on the best room. <laughs> no, we, already, we already got a room allocation, right? Yeah, Wes, you arrive on board. Hold on, I'm just looking for the room allocation. Uh, I would like to be in room 11 if it's not taken. Yeah, no, just a note that the brother of Captain Douglas, he mentioned something that uh, may be relevant, that Captain Douglas had found some black stones that were very cold, and that might be related to him losing two fingers. Yeah. So, true. in case anybody finds some black stones, maybe handle them with care. Here is the deck plan key, so that you have that. Um, it's the same map as on the on the on the desk. the 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 second uh, ship, the main deck spaces. Um, you'll see that I have allocated, or rather, uh, first officer Turlo, uh, who's in charge of uh, giving people rooms and so forth, allocate you all. Uh, so, Starkweather and more are in room 11. Um, mm. Those are, that's the, one of the nicer rooms. Uh, Whimsy and uh, Belcour, you are in room 13. It's pretty nice as well. McLuglan and Avery, you're in room 14. And Malnison, you're in room 15. 13. Ah, oh, it's there. Okay. Yeah, but the reason why I was going for 11 was because it was the fast exit to the lifeboat, but uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and you can, if you scroll to the right, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a smaller map that kind of shows you a, a closer up uh, part of the, the deck house. In German, by the way. Ach so. Okay. Just so you get an idea of how that looks. Oh, so wait, so this uh, German one, is that the same map just zoomed in? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just more detailed. I just, it happened to be in the German book, so I scanned it in and put it in here. Moore uh, steps out and gives an announcement with everybody still kind of gathered and says, um, uh, just before we move on board, actually. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we sail tomorrow with the afternoon tide. Everything is aboard, but your personal things, some fuel, a few last-minute additions to the provisions list. And I'd like to thank you all for a job well done. Uh, uh, if everybody could move on board the ship tonight, immediately after you're done here, um, First Officer Turlo has your cabin assignments. Uh, since you're packed and stowed on board, um, you're free to enjoy your last night on the town. 
and uh, congratulations on all your hard work. We're ready to sail despite a lot of trouble, and it's because of all of you. Try not to stay out late, and uh, I'll see you all on board. So, um, yeah, you, uh, you're you loading uh, as the stevedores are still, and the crew is still struggling uh, under, under the dock lights. Um, you all get checked, put your luggage on board. Um, you, you see that they're... Uh, Avery, you, you see that they're tying or they're, they're bringing on board uh, these huge boxes with the aircraft wings as well and um, getting those tied down into, into one of the, the tween deck holds. And then uh, it's just super loud and, and confusing with, with people everywhere. And as you, as you kind of walk through this, this noise and din, uh, the stevedores are kind of like yelling at you to get out of the way. Um, as they as they try to get the ship ready for the morning, uh, it was originally you were originally uh, meant to sail two days from now, but uh, everything is kind of moved up to to try and beat the Lexington expedition, which is sailing on the tenth. As the night uh, as the night moves on, uh, most of the the captain and the crew were gone for furlough. Um, and only there's only a skeleton crew left. I don't know if any of you want to go out and enjoy the last night on the town. Mm. Yeah. Mm, you know, with the threats and everything going on, I think that since everyone's going to be moving on to the ship the first night, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to stay on the ship and warily kind of keep my eye out around with your knife. Yeah. yeah. And my gun, since now yeah. I'm not, I'm not technically <laughs> roaming the city. Yeah. I can have my gun on me. Well, the. First officer might have something to say about that. Actually, yeah, if, it's, if it's concealed, he won't know. <laughs> I'm going to look up. Uh, I might. I'm going to come back to this. There, there might be a law on board the ship with regards to whether you're allowed guns and so forth, and whether they're stored uh, in a particular place and stuff like that. You can get yeah, uh, but uh, how difficult? Nobody told sneak me it anything because I have my yeah. rifle. You, you could totally sneak it on board. Uh, if, yeah, that's if what I'd like to. to. Like I to mean, sneak. I have my rifle under my bed, so you know, <laughs> a rifle. It's a little harder to conceal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Uh, I wasn't trying. You know, <laughs> if you don't ask for permission, you know, yeah. you can't. You know, you can't I, ask, I just. Just, I, 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 pop, I, would I just, pop my Tommy gun in the corner with a lampshade on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's any any weapon that's available to you is available to somebody else. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, but it's you know it's hidden. Uh huh. <laughs> and you, were you going out as well? And uh, yes. I, I'm going out. I'm going out with Maunus. No, no, just uh, just uh, the guys out. Uh, you know, it's the last time. We don't know. Uh, it'll take months before we are back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very useful. So just making the most of it. Yep. We don't need to play it or anything like that. Just uh, doing it. All right, you. You're gonna, uh, you're gonna bring something on the ship with you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's hope it doesn't spread. Yeah. <laughs> the red rose of Saigon on my dick. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you uh, head out into the uh, New York nightlife. It's um, yep. the 8th is a Friday, so it's a perfect uh, day to, to go out and, and make the town unsafe. And, um, uh, you know, I, I don't know what they do uh, in terms of music, but it's probably not oots, oots. Um, I don't know if it's like a big band thing or if that's like in the 40s, but either way, you go out, you have, uh, you know, uh, several drinks. Uh, Mountain uh, here probably gets uh, pretty... Pretty weathered. Good. I'll make sure he gets a... Um, well, actually, it really depends on how the night goes. Yeah. Back to the ship. <laughs> but, yeah. 
I'm gonna see if I can spend my last money buying a barrel of whiskey. <laughs> a barrel of whiskey? And you're gonna sneak yeah, I'm it gonna, up? I'm gonna negotiate. I'm gonna buy a barrel. All right. Well, we'll we'll get back to that. Avery, you're uh, you're settling into your cabin. Um, I assume that Thomas is probably out too. He's he's you share a cabin with him. Okay. Um, just after ten, uh, there's been like a some noise and, and and din from the from the dock, and suddenly you hear this. Uh, <laughs> and then you oh, hear like, um, I like I hear a commotion. Yeah, you hear a, what sounds like an explosion. And uh, a lot of broken glass, and uh, then a <laughs> and you look out the window on your side of the ship, and you can see this like bright orange uh, light glare up. Oh no! Okay, I'll go outside and look and see what's going on. You see, uh, throughout the ship, everybody comes out. Of, everybody who's on the ship uh, and the skeleton who kind of comes out of their cabins, like, what's going on? People are putting on their glasses, and more is you know, disheveled. Comes out with his robe. What the hell? Uh, and you see Starkweather um, come running through the, the galley outside of your cabins. Come on, follow me, man! And he kind of disappears uh, out onto the ship and the deck. Okay, I'll follow. Uh, outside, you, you see uh, there's just complete chaos. Uh, people are running down the, the gangplank. Um, is it called a gangplank? Walkway? Gangway, yeah. Gangway. Gangplank. Gangway. So it's like a danification. Um, there's shouts, curses, you know, sounds of slamming doors and uh, uh, footsteps everywhere. Someone is shouting, fire, fire! And you hear somebody starting to scream in the distance, like, ah! You see the, the deck house and the, the gangway, that's where you are. Yeah. Yeah, you see that a, a fire is breaking, uh, uh, broken out among the, the fuel drums that are still being loaded uh, in the shed. And several of them that's have exploded good. and uh, shattered the skylight windows above the, that are like, you know, putting light into the, the shed. And uh, there's just been, like, fuel has been sprayed everywhere. Um, and uh, the fire is just, you know, really powerful and streaming uh, liquid is kind of pouring out from all the fuel drums uh, across the, the pier into the water next to the Gabrielle. Um, and you can see uh, Starkweather is, is kind of making, uh, uh, trying to make sense of the situation and starts moving back or moving down towards the, the fuel drums. Okay. Um... I don't want to get too close for where an explosion will engulf me, but I'm going to look around. Can I see anyone like fleeing or um, moving the other direction from the, um, the commotion, fire? Let's see. I'm just happy I'm drinking beer somewhere with a lady on my lap. Give me a <laughs> yeah, uh, give sense me, trouble. Or? Yeah, give me a sense trouble. Okay. Um, I'm going to spend... Like three points. So let's see. How do I roll here? I have to. Do I have to open up the dice roller app? Uh, yes. You there's where. Okay. You spend how much? Did you say three? Three points. Great. Okay. Um. Yeah. You see a guy um, uh, disappear. Uh. Kind of through the through the smoke on the other side of the. Uh, the shed. Okay, I'm gonna run that way. So inside the the shed, it's it's like the smoke is really thick and is caught by the by the roof, uh, so it's kind of like billowing out uh, and trying to escape through all the doorways and the the broken glass up top, um, and uh, you you just start coughing immediately when you get in there. Okay, I mean, is it is it it's too hazardous to 
go forward? Or no, you can definitely go it? forward, but but it gives you uh, it gives you a let's see, it gives you uh, certain difficulties to other stuff. Okay. Yeah, I want to try to pursue and just because he left the other guy who ran, he ran out of the, the other side, right? Yeah. Okay, I'll I'll just go that way. I'll, I'll exit that way. Or you just you just see like this crouched figure uh, kind of hiding behind some of the cargo, and then um, he as as he as people start pouring in, he he kind of seems to uh, slink out of the out of one of the openings, and you follow him out onto the onto the tracks on the other side, and you see this like large heavyset fellow uh, um, with he's kind of got unkempt hair, got a big beard, wearing a, a like a handkerchief over his face. Um, and he's got a gasoline can uh, uh, he's carrying. Uh, and he, he hasn't seen you. Okay. Um, uh, I don't like combat in this thing. Like physical combat, I don't think is very. Uh, it's not like weighted towards the. The, the guy with the gun right? and the knife has the advantage, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get arrested the night before the voyage. <laughs> Who's talking about arrest? You see him, uh, he kind of turns and he sees you. And for a second there, he's like looking, and then he he drops the can, and then he he kind of starts walking away. Okay, I'm gonna follow him. Is there, there is there any police officers or anyone around? Everybody's attention is on the on the the firing side. There's is there any police? No, but there's there's like uh, security from like uh, the security company that the expedition's hired, uh, but they're probably busy inside. You can see that there, um, uh, Starkware is in there. Uh, there's a couple of other people from the expedition, Turlo, um, and there, there are three bodies lying in there as well, and they're trying to pull them away from the fire and, and get them to safety. It's, it's complete pandemonium inside. Okay, well, there's got to be a gate he has to come in that's guarded, right? The, aren't the guards around a gate? Uh, yeah, there's definitely, there's the gate. Uh... Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give chase, and if I spot any of the security guards, I'm gonna call to them. You don't see anybody there. It seems like everybody's just busy trying to trying to subdue the fire. So it's 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 hard for you unless you actually go in there and try to get somebody. Well, then I'll lose him, right? So yeah. depends. Mm-hmm. That's a call you're gonna have to make. Yeah. No, I'm not gonna go in. I'm gonna keep following him. Okay. Um, he sees. He kind of looks back uh, as as he walks. Uh, Away and he sees that you're you're following him and he uh, he starts to kind of uh, go into a run. Okay, I'll run after him. Do you what do you do? You shorten the distance or do you just kind of follow him or? Yeah, I'm gonna try to shorten the distance. Okay. As you get closer to him, uh, he he kind of turns around and uh, you know makes makes like a threatening gesture like, "Fuck off." Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out my knife. And I'm going to say, you, stop. Okay, he, he reaches in his back pocket. He pulls out a, a knife himself. Ooh, oh. like <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I'm going to pull out my gun. <laughs> I'll bring a knife to a gun <laughs> That escalated quickly. <laughs> I'm going to say, drop your knife. Put your hands up. up, up. Put your hands up. That is probably going to cost you uh, preparedness. Okay, well... Uh, I don't. Ha- I don't have preparedness. Well, you can still roll for it. You just don't. Okay. You can't spend anything on it. Target number is four, by the way. Shoot him in the teeth. No, I did not make. You it. did not bring your gun. No, I guess not. 
Okay. All right. So um, <laughs> he's got a big knife, huh? <laughs> well, it's a relatively small knife. But uh, he's like, back off, man. Back the fuck off. And does he look like he's a much bigger, more physical guy than me? Uh, he's pretty big, yeah. Well, my weapon skill's not too high. I've got two. So, like, well, I th- scuffling of two. That's, I think scuffling, right? Let me yeah. hold on. Uh, I, think, I think weapons is like for like melee weapons. Right. Weapons is for melee weapons and firearms is for firearms. Right. So, it's, it's weapons. Unless you want to punch him, of course. Um, he starts to kind of back away and, and uh, makes his way for... There's like a... there's a, So below, uh, or rather above, uh, Pier 75 is the Royal Italian Mail Service. Uh, and there's like a, a, a place you can walk among the piers, or like between the piers if you, if you slink a little bit. He, he kind of makes his way for that, that passageway. So like he could avoid the main gate. Yeah. And so we're going we're going along the uh, tracks. Yeah. So this part is not on this map, um, but so the way I mean the the pier kind of juts out, and then you got the you know the actual island, and then you have another mm-hmm. pier up here, and he's kind of moving out here towards the the main part, and then he, he's going to like the fences here, but there's a there's a bit you can walk on uh, next to the fence to get up to the the other uh, the other pier. All right, he's probably he's probably just a thug that was hired. Um, he starts to he starts to move along. I'm just gonna keep following him to see where he goes. <laughs> he uh, he sees you're following him, and he's uh, he's not sure what to do about it. <laughs> Stop following me, man! Back off! <laughs> I'll cut you! I'll cut you! When you get up to uh, to the 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 next pier, he's kind of waiting for you there uh, and to see if you're, if you keep following him. Is there anything around like any wood, any, any lumber or, um, there might be some, yeah, some small pieces, but, uh, it might be a little hard to get to. You might need an athletics, uh, check. So to make sure you don't fall into the, the Hudson. <laughs> I'm looking, I want like a big piece that I can, that I could run at him and use to like knock him into the water or something. You might be able to get one, but it would be wet and slippery and not a very good uh, weapon as such. But uh, there's always shit floating around in the river. There are no boats here, like moored that rowboats or anything? That oars? There's only, this is like big ships and, and stuff like that. So He, t- he, uh, he turns and he, uh, he starts just gunning, just running. Okay, I'll run after him. At some point, he's going to have to climb over something, I think, or uh, put himself in a it depends on what the gate looks like at the the Royal Mail Service. Um, okay, so you uh, run. So the way uh, this would work is it's um, it's an extended um, contest, and mm-hmm. so you would both roll. This is athletics, um, and you keep rolling until somebody wins or loses, uh, or sorry, uh, uh, makes or, or sorry misses a, a roll. So you both roll towards the target number which is just four, okay. and then whenever the first one misses it, that person loses. Okay. What if you both miss at the same time? Is uh, whoever misses by more? That, I think, would be uh, both fumbling at the same time, and so the contest continues. Oh, okay. Uh, and um, because you have went through the shed with all the smoke, you would have a minus one to your athletics check. 
and you can you can spend on this, right? Normal. Yep. Okay, I'll start by spending two. So it really is only plus one. Okay. Go again. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I beat him, right? Well, you don't you don't beat him. Uh, you both roll towards target numbers. And so it's not until somebody loses. So you both made it this time. So the next time you're going to roll again. And if he loses, you catch up to him. If you lose, he outruns you. So you both win. All right, I roll again. You made it too. Okay. You're not spending anything? Uh, no, because he'll just drain me of points. And uh, if this is just to keep up, right? Yeah. No. Okay. I go again. Ooh. So um, he bolts uh, down along the fence uh, on the pier 55, uh, 75, sorry. And he comes up to the, the, the gate, where, which is like mm -hmm. a, a, a boom. And there's a guard standing there. Uh, like a what? Uh, like, a, a, like a boom. Is that called a boom? What's it called? Like a thing that goes like this? Uh, oh, like a, yeah, like a wooden... Yeah, like a, a piece of wood that goes yeah, up and down. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's there's like a bunch of people there, kind of you know uh, taking care of, of business. But he just kind of bolts right through them and knocks one of them over. Oh, well, the first time I can see them, can I yell for them to stop him? Uh, you can, um, except you just lost the the athletics thing as well. So um, he outruns you uh, before you get to there. Like you, he he pushes the people out of this out of the, out of um, his way. And uh, kind of in your way, so you kind of stumble over one of them, um, and he kind of disappears out uh, the gate, uh, which you hadn't really seen at the point. Um, you can try and shout. Only if there's a chance for them to stop him. But if he, if they're already past him, or he's already passed. Yeah, he's pretty fast. And he's already past them, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, so you just you see him disappear down the, the street uh, into like a throng of people, uh, and and there's a lot of chaos outside on the street too, um, from the from people kind of trying to get down to the pier and see what's going on with the fire and all that stuff. And he kind of disappears into a throng of people. Okay. All right. Well, then I'll just I'll head back to the fire, I guess, and help out. Oh man. Um. Jens and Tom, uh, give me a sense trouble. Oh, nice. So you actually just made it. It was pretty high difficulty. Um, you're uh, on a bar somewhere on the, uh, on the west side, not so far from the pier. And uh, you're probably like stumbling you know, onto a, the next bar. And you, you kind of see this uh, orange glow on the horizon. And... Um, Something <laughs> you start kind of stumbling down, just <laughs> throw up a little bit. Um, <laughs> Mountains, you're uh, you're so drunk that you don't even you know it's nothing. You just Fireworks. suddenly <laughs> Pierre's just not there anymore. Did I say Pierre? I mean Pierre. You get back to the back down to the pier. Uh, Avery. Do I, by having to, happen to stumble into a guy that's running in the opposite direction, <laughs> smelling of gasoline? Strangely, you do, but you're like, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Excusez-moi. So, Avery, you get back down to the pier. Uh, you see that um, 
they've they've pulled the bodies clear of the fire, and uh, the they they're they're casting off the ship, uh, like cutting the loose uh, cutting the ropes loose and like getting the the ship out into uh, into the water, and mm-hmm. um, down the river you can see that there's uh, some fireboats that are kind of you know coming up and, and coming mm-hmm. closer. Um, okay. As as you come in, you see, and you see like people are being evacuated. So like the the street outside the pier is completely filled with people. There's you know, people everywhere, uh, and police are arriving and so forth. The fire department. Is there an available fire hose anywhere or stuff like that, or is it all being used? Yeah, there is. Um, and uh, you're you're close enough that you you probably arrive more or less the same the same time. Um, and you see uh, you see a hose on the on the dock. It has like a fire you know a fire outlet. Yeah, yeah, okay. Point. And um, he he kind of points to to you and uh, 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 says, "Here, take the take the hose." Okay, I'll I'll grab it and I'll I'll try to if if there's any like uh, unexploded drums near the fire, I'll try to cool them down. Um, seems like the okay. Thing to do. Uh, Starkweather it's, uh, grabs the hose with you and um, you you start hosing down the uh, the, uh, the the drums. This is an extended contest against the hoses inertia of uh, uh, athletics. Uh, Starkweather is with you as well. Uh, he spends uh, two points uh, every round. I can do that too. I can use three points. All right. Give me a roll with two from Starkweather and whatever you spend. Seven. Uh, great. You make it. I'm just trying to understand this. Oh, okay. I roll for the hose. <laughs> the hose you roll with the hose. Yeah, the hose. Yeah. Like it has an inertia of six, which is like points I can spend. So it's like yeah. the hose is like a sentient uh, being spending spend points, points against you. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's trying to break free. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, that must mean there's a lot of water coming out at least. Yes, there is. Uh, That's one powerful hose if two men can't hold it. Okay, so uh, roll again. Again? Yeah, it's an extend. It's the same. It's like an extended contest until one of uh, you. Ah, win okay, or lose. then maybe th- spending three points was a little overdoing it, but why not? I'll do it again. I roll again. Ooh! Oh, lucky! Uh, Teach that hose who's boss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, go again. Oh. Okay. Uh, well, now I've spent all my points, so now I'm not getting any bonuses anymore. No, but it's it's good unless you... Well, you get two, so you're up a three. You still don't make it. You both lose this round. Uh, go again. You're rolling against four, so whoever first wins or loses. Okay, uh, go again. Wait, I'm out of points. Right. Ooh. Um, Just like a pimp, you need to control your hose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Uh, so you lose this. Uh, you lose this round because you only roll one, and I, I, I win. I roll four, um, which means that uh, you, you lose control of the hose for a while, and um, you, the, the hose like rips loose and hits everybody who's nearby, which would be you and Starkweather for. Goddamn useless. Okay, for no damage. So. That's lucky. Just hurts. Uh, meanwhile, um, one of the uh, Turlo comes over to you, Avery, and he says, uh, "Here, come over here. Help me with the uh, with the winch. We have to get this crane out of the way before 
um, before these drums uh, drop down and, and uh, damage the ship. Okay, I'll help. Uh, you have you have a mechanical repair, right? I do. I have, yeah. So that requires. I have, I have electrical, mechanical. So you run down uh, alongside the 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 shed and on board the ship. The the winch is uh, on the crane on the ship, and um, you're going to need a mechanical repair roll against an unknown difficulty. Okay, I'm going to add three. So that makes it a five. Oh. So you you get the you get the winch under control. Um, it's it's definitely strained, but um, but you manage to uh, uh, using your significant mechanical engineering skills uh, get it under control. And you move okay. the drums over. Um, Right, so the kind of the immediate danger seems seems over. the The ship is um, is kind of drifting out from the pier now. the The fuel from the drums is still kind of pouring into the sea uh, next to the shore, and you can you can see that the the ship has this like scorched, blackened side on it now. Yeah, after and so the the tugboats kind of pull up alongside the ship and and uh, start pulling her out to out to the river, and um, the dock's kind of been completely cleared by now, and everybody's either on the ship or, or on the street. And the, you can see the whole the whole shed is is kind of ablaze by now, and the, it starts crumbling uh, in a kind of a, a an explosion of sparks as um, as uh, as you pull out to to the river, and then um, the fireboats are pouring water over the over the pier, and the, suddenly the the uh, train that's parked next to the pier slowly starts rolling down and uh, roll into the river and then kind of disappear into the water there. Um, you can see Starkweather kind of shouting, yeah, blast that. Yeah. So the, as the ship is, is pulled out uh, into the middle of the river, and there's like a cacophony of other ships um, uh, around, uh, tugboats and, and, and fire ships. Um, who has the highest sense trouble at this point of the pool? The, out of the pool. Um, I have nothing, so. I have three points left on sense trouble. See, I don't think I spent any, did I, on sense trouble. So I have seven. Okay. Um, Avery, you... Uh, you notice kind of as, as the, the noise of it all dies down, you, you look up upriver and you notice uh, the lights of another ship, um, uh, actually, sorry, downriver, and you notice the lights of another ship that's kind of pulling out to sea. Um, and uh, did you go up to Pier 99? Yeah, I did the Tallahassee. Right. You 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 kind of recognize it as the Tallahassee pulling out to sea. Were they scheduled to leave today? No, they no, were scheduled no. to leave two days from now. Uh, so it's being tucked out of the harbor into the sea, and that's it. Those bastards. So the. You can see uh, uh, Starkweather is, is just 
furious, and the ship is uh, your, your the Gabrielle is pulled down to um, to Pier sixty six where it's it's uh, it's a free pier and gets uh, pulled in there, and you can see that the the midships is like scorched and blackened and um, uh, down there there's like an army of police and reporters and you know people who just come to look uh, at the the damage of it all. Um, and uh, Starkweather starts, you know, making, uh, talking to the press and whatnot. And and that's about it for for the night. And you're all kind of, uh, you can stay in the ship. It's it's not actually been damaged. It's just it's just surface damage. But we're still headed. Supposed to leave the next day then. Yeah. The next day. Um, Word comes around on the ship that uh, it ha you have to be, um, uh, um, what do you call it, delayed for two days. Mm. So, um, Putain. yeah, there were three men killed in the, in the explosion and um, uh, a lot of dock workers were, were you know, burned and, and uh, otherwise uh, injured. Uh, and some of the some of the ship's crews, so there has to be some some replacements made, and some of the gasoline has to be replaced, and uh, uh, some of the other cargo that was in the shed has you know was destroyed. So it, we have to get replacements for that. It's going to delay us for two days. Okay. Well, I'll tell Starkweather and more what I saw, so that it's very clear that it was sabotage, so that we know that we need to have more security and patrols. And yeah, he the moment you. He's he's you you catch him in the middle of you know frenzy. He's talking to reporters. He's trying to get uh, rep replacements parts for the, like the tents, the engines that are destroyed, and the skis for the planes and everything. And the moment you kind of uh, grab him, he he seems super stressed, but it's, uh, he, he just explodes when when you tell him about it. And immediately starts blaming Lexington for for everything. I mean, it's pretty pretty obvious that their ship just pulled out, and uh, now the the whole expedition is delayed by two days because of this. Um, but he, he's like, okay, you, you did good, uh, following that guy, but, uh, don't, don't get yourself killed over something, uh, like this. We don't need to lose anybody else before we, before we set sail. The newspaper headlines are like, fire in polar ship, dark blaze kills three, Antarctic expedition threatened. Most of the ninth is kind of spent cleaning up after the the disaster and uh, Hanson kind of like the, the police detective comes around and, and you know asks a few questions questions and stuff. Um, I'll give him whatever I can. Yeah, he, he just kind of he asks a few questions to ask you to give a description of, of this guy uh, and uh, as you give a description of him he says so oh, I you know I think I might know who that guy is. I think uh, I think he's uh, a known face down at the precinct, kind mm. of a repeat offender. Repeat offender for what? Is he just is he a thug? Like a, a yeah. thug for hire? Yeah, he's kind of a thug and no no good. Um, he's been in the system for a while. Well, if we can catch him tonight, he'll definitely still smell of gasoline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll set out an APB on a gasoline smelling guy. Thank you so much for your, for your work. Uh, it's been really helpful. Um, 
we'll we'll see if we can catch the guy. Um, but you guys are hanging. If you have a few officers to spare, we can need the extra security. Uh, apparently, somebody is out to get us. Yeah, we the police is definitely being being set uh, set up to to look out for the ship in the dock. And um, yeah, during the day, the the Starkweather kind of comes around and uh, and he's he's really friendly with with you. Uh, uh, Tom and you, Avery, for, for having helped uh, avert the disaster and, uh, you know, showing the right stuff and all this stuff. And um, he's, he's a lot more friendly around you, gets you like a hearty slap on the back and uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, when he sees, uh, when he sees uh, you know, uh, Mountison, uh try to smuggle his uh, whiskey on board, uh, the barrel of whiskey. Uh, <laughs> a barrel. <laughs> he's like, you, Mountison, are you there? Yes, yes, I'm here. All right, well, you you're gonna you get stopped by the the guy at the gate. He's like, "Oh, come on, you can't be serious." <laughs> well, it's just a little extra, a little extra extra for a long voyage. No harm done. I I can't let you on board with this. I mean, I should report you to the police, and they're like standing you know, two two steps away almost. And Starkweather comes over. Oh, oh, don't worry about this. Don't worry, I got this. Here's here's a couple of here's a little bit for you to to entertain yourself. No, no, he's he's a friend of the expedition. Don't worry about it. Uh, and uh, and and you. So I sneak off with a barrel and go up to the room number fifteen. Yeah, you, you put a jacket over. Starkweather kind of helps you carry it on board. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that that went well. Yeah. Um, you probably you still reek of alcohol. It's like you didn't touch gasoline yesterday, did you? <laughs> I don't remember. It's bad if you get so drunk you smell of gasoline the next day. <laughs> smell flammable. All right, so so you spend a little bit of the ninth kind of doing this kind of stuff. Other than that, there's not really a lot for you to do. Um, uh, you know, you have a little bit of extra time now. You have a day and a half if you want to investigate anything else. Uh, there's time for that. Um, and, you know, if, if you want to spend... Uh, Either whimsy or, or uh, McGlugel's point, so to speak, on any of that stuff. Feel free. We're never actually going to leave New York, are we? No. <laughs> <laughs>